In this extra special episode of The Full Nerd, Tom Peterson and Ryan Shrout of Intel Talk Arc. Welcome to an extra special episode of The Full Nerd. I'm your host, Gordon Mong, with co-host Brad Charkas. Hello, Internet. The famous Tom Peterson of Intel. Hello, Internet. And also the equally famous Ryan Shrout of Intel. Hello. Hello. And, of course, uh, Adam Patrick Murray's controlling you vertical and horizontal. It's true. Uh, we're, we're having some technical difficulties with YouTube, so we're not alive over there right now, but hopefully uh, we will get that back soon. So we're on Twitch. It's exclusively on Twitch, all of you cool Twitch chats. Uh, it's our my exclusive content. Uh, I know. Yeah, exclu- exclusive. Uh, cool, but we're here We're here to talk about, what are we here to talk about? Battle Mage? No. We're here to talk about art. In fact, <laughs> in front of you on the camera, you can see an A750 in real life. Very nice. Uh, it's being held on a cool uh, video card holder, which another company <laughs> provided for us. <laughs> can is anybody this- guess what that is? I don't know. Actually, that would be cool. I I decided not to offend the other company okay. and cover it up, but uh, I thought it was cool. If All you right. can, it's like that's our hidden gem. That's yeah. just a little thing there. I can actually see it from the back, so I know what it is. Oh, <laughs> I know what it is too. <laughs> and of course, we also have a, a, a box for an Arc A770 here. Yes. The A770, in fact, is not in the box. It is powering a a, a box behind us with an i9 12900K, uh, running Windows 11, and uh, Borderlands Three. Yep. I I I visually I confirmed it to make sure. Wait, I, in fact, I installed. Wait, I watch installed this. The I, can, I can do this. Oh, you are you going to go back there and play? Oh no, you going to go play? Well, what, oh, what are we doing? This, I installed oh, Windows Eleven. Get out of the way. Clean this morning on an SK Hynix drive, Gen Four. Oh, it's inverted. Oh, yeah, no. and that is a horrible <laughs> secret, people. Oh no, we're gonna Ryan Stroud has been trying to hide this forever. He's an inverted mouse. Twenty-five by fourteens, high settings. Amazing. Yeah, but you skipped over the thing about where he was giving me crap for having an oh. inverted oh, mouse inverted. in game. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. See, I, I always take that back to uh, the first games I played on a PC were flight simulators, uh, right? Oh. And so that's Same just here. what I became accustomed to. Oh wow! Uh, but I have I've come to realize I'm literally the only person I know. That does inverted. Brad, do you do? In- I don't use inverted mouse, but I also grew up on flight simulators with the Hoda sticks. Oh, so yeah, whenever yeah, I yeah. play with a controller, uh, I have okay. to do inverted controller, yes. and it oh. always screws up every CES demo, every E3 <laughs> I demo. And I, I noticed, ever go to. I noticed a weird oddity. I was, I was telling you, I was playing Stray, yes. right? The cat, the cat oh, game, great game. Right? Great game. Oh and God. and what I noticed is I did inverted <laughs> controls and that, but in the um, there's like uh, uh, frozen, not for, like cut scenes, like interludes, right? Where you're not actively controlling the cat. Cats licking, and, licking itself. And, and, but in those moments, the inversion does not apply. And it's like oh. the game is like not, it, huh. yeah, it was odd. Plus, huh. there's, well, plus, there's wow. a, plus there's adorable sections where uh, the cat puts a bag on its head and all the controls <laughs> are like randomized and stuff like that. Because uh, you're kind of so, like trying to get out of the bag. Yeah. I, oh. I, I got to be honest, that's the first time I, I played on an Intel uh, discrete GPU. And now I'm always going to have it associated with horrible controls. Oh, oh. So, yeah. Damn, that's some bullshit right there. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so, but, but you can confirm they're not going to, it's not going to ship that way. Uh, with inverted controls, yeah. no. Okay. I, no, I, I had to. Change the setting it's a in Borderlands 3. Yes. Okay. okay, there we go. But, I mean, obviously the big news is, you know, it's running at 90-ish frames a second, yep. 1440p high. Um, 
And you were saying because I have I I'd have we have a thirty sixty. We'll drop that in later. But in, I, in general, yeah, it's going to perform yeah. better than a thirty sixty. Well, uh, depends on your game, right? And I've been. It's a little bit complicated because we have some titles that I'll call like perfect. Like they they take advantage of our architecture. Our XE cores run well. It runs fully pipelined. You get the performance that we want you to see. Right. And that's when the title is sort of like uh, well matched to our particular microarchitecture. That's more modern titles like DX12 versions of older games or DX12 titles. And then there's sort of like the next level of titles, which are using modern APIs, but maybe don't work perfectly, but they're still pretty good. So that's like almost all DX12 titles and all Vulkan titles are going to do pretty good. And then we have what I'll call. Uh, uh, DX11, DX9, older titles, older APIs. And we're just going to be working on making those better basically forever. It's sort of like the right. infinite tale of titles that are, you know everybody's going to be playing. We have a lot of catching up to do in terms of, you know we haven't done 20 years of development running uh, DX11 or DX9 or DX7 or whatever games. So we have to work through those. I think that's a pretty fair thing. It's fair. It's, it's, it's for your spe- specific question about this, right? 25 by 14 at high. Uh, this is one of those games that it works very well on okay. Intel Arc. Uh, and so, you know, comparing it to competition, we, we had a graph out on this and it had a Borderlands 3 data point in it. And I, I, I 10% or something faster uh, than, than a 3060. Yeah. Yeah, 30 now, 60. I would say in general, at this class, we're going to win uh, convincingly versus a 3060 uh, when games are well optimized on, on Arc. Yeah. Yeah, that's because you guys are going to be, you said on the Linus Tech Tips, uh, facing price around. The tier three games, right? Yeah. You know, Linus came up with that tiering nomenclature. We don't really <laughs> use that tiering thing, but he does. And uh, Well, he convinced you to say it in, that, in, that, it. in that pseudo I, ad read that you did as I well. Did. So I just do what I'm told, man. I just do what I'm told. <laughs> Linus wrote that script. Uh, so anyway, the, uh, the fact is that we do have these multiple kind of bands of performance buckets, buckets yeah and we are fundamentally basing our value proposition our pricing around the total delivered you know solution including all of those dx11 dx9 titles so the way to think about it is uh if you're running a newer title and you like that dx12 dx you know vulcan implementation you're going to get a heck of a value because the truth is the the um the pricing model that we're using is much more based on the the overall experience that we're delivering and it's it's worth noting, right? The Borderlands Three is a good example of a title that has both a DX11 and a DX12 option yep, in there. Yep. And uh, it's one of the things that we you know we call it like education, but it's yeah. it's like, hey, turn that on. Run the DX12 on Intel version. Arc graphics cards, right? Yeah. If, if it has that option to do it, and it's cool to see, you know, Fortnite implemented a DX12 yeah. option, and, and World of Warcraft and implemented a DX12 options. Like, so a lot of very popular older titles are yeah. still. And I think it's just a natural thing. I mean, the the API itself is not that hard to implement if you if you already got a DX11 version. So it's just kind of one of those things that, that we expect over time. And that's kind of where we're investing first is make sure the modern titles with modern APIs run well. And over time, we're just going to keep on, you know, making a little bit better day by day. Do you get any kind of bump um, from the years and years of uh, uh, Intel integrated graphic support? I mean, because I kind of figure some of that base must help. Oh, yeah, it does. And, and you know what's truth is that 
it does help in, in the sense that we've got a long history of the driver, but it's a really different optimization. And, and the optimization, you might have said, well, maybe we're a little bit more CPU limited in lower end graphics. So you might have spent all of your time on a particular optimization path. And now it's with a higher performance engine, it's completely different optimizations that's required. So our balance is dramatically different between CPU and GPU power. And that's really where the work is starting to come up, where we, we really need to start thinking a little bit better about how we're managing memory. And even the memory model is very different. Like we're talking about eight gigabytes of dedicated memory, that's all learning for our GPU driver team about how best to manage that. Do you, um, as far as how how valuable is, I mean, it's funny because it feels like you're pricing it based on older API games. Mm -hmm. Yep. What does that matter? If you sort of have this class of card... Isn't well, everything? Yeah. I mean, isn't everything new? I mean, like Stray. I don't imagine it's going to be like, oh uh, my god, we're we're just chugging here on Stray. No, you're like, gonna, it's going to look great on Stray. So then, why does that? Why? Why even, would we even consider the old games? Yeah. Well, we're a new entrant, right? And and there's a there's a million old games that people want to play, and we want to deliver a great value for those guys because you know the truth is we have to say, hey, we're Intel and we're entering the discrete graphics market. So here is our kind of like our entry position, and it's going to be great and you're going to get leading perf per dollar for uh, for new titles and you're going to get a fair deal for older titles that we we think are going to get better over time and they're going to approach what we can deliver on these new titles by the way that's that's another thing i want to mention gordon is that you know we are a new entrant and so we've done some crazy things with our our intel cards that we should maybe talk about that are just sort of like these little extra extra perks like that rgb stuff back there right. and an extra memory on that card it just says hey we're here and, and we're trying some new stuff and we're, it's going to be fun and i think i i hope i uh, hope gamers are going to appreciate it yeah and i will we'll try to show a close-up of it later but the card has if you can see it has this cool uh, rgb ring around it yeah and it is rgb and also the it's got a very diffuse glow around the fans and again yes. you could go check out videos already on online tech test but he was really impressed i i i dig i'm an rgb person so i i really do you have rgb much. on your like little cell phone earbud thing i wish i did <laughs> how about your sneakers i i would i, I would actually have it if they if they sold them in my size i have white i i can confirm i may have too. actually just bought golden sneakers with the rgb lights in the base off of amazon wow well, there you go wow i actually i own a pair as well uh uh, uh i i blame my daughter's uh, cheerleading competitions okay. and so the dads all bought like matching light-up shoes and they had to be rgb to match the color of whatever they were doing I love that it. day yeah. but, but i just have garish taste you really it sounds like <laughs> no excuses no excuses but it sounds like you're really sort of like approaching this with very realistic goals and humility which i think is you know refreshing and then also kind of good because i think you know when people see the cpu side intel has dominated cpus decades and decades yes. and decades you're a new entrant here so it just sounds like i i think a lot of people kind of thought are you just going to come out and say hey we're here it know, is here it is i mean i don't want to bring up you know, old wounds, but I seven forty, right? It really people. Uh, wow, really old, really old. Jesus, wounds. at that time, because I remember, because I was actually still, I was actually covering it in the industry, but it was like really, the expectation was good news. from analysts, yes, and honestly, a lot of press. Uh, the few of us that there were that covered this, but like <laughs> until getting into this is like gonna like they're gonna dominate. It's gonna be yes. at the end of all these like dozens of little small folks. Yep. And it feels like the the approach this time is very different. You know, you're absolutely right. And if I'm not mistaken, wasn't the seven was that designed in Phoenix? You know, 
I don't Florida, know. I think, right? Florida, Florida, I think. Real 3D. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I remember. It turned into the integrated graphics it, on the chipset. Yeah, it did. Yeah. So that IP got sucked in and it became like Gen 1, Gen 2. Now we're on Gen 12? Yeah. yeah. Gen yeah, 12. Yeah. Wow. Um, back to your question, though. I think... I view this as we understand how how entrenched the current competitors are and how, you know, it's it's almost like 20 years advantage. We've been sort of watching from the sidelines as graphics have become more and more critical and more and more important, not just to gamers, but also business and compute and servers and everything. So for Intel, I believe this is kind of like an existential operation it's not it's not like a oh we're going to see if we can do well for gamers gamers are hugely important obviously but we also care about servers we care about data centers we care about you know efficient vector compute matrix compute which is uh, accelerating most of the important algorithms in the future so my point is that this is bigger than uh graphics for gamers it's graphics at intel is a hugely important endeavor this time, because I, I mean, let's 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 talk about the elephant in the room. Um, the launch in China did not exactly come over great. I think a lot of people are like, yeah, a lot yeah. of people are like, oh my god, this is like it. It's like suddenly, like suddenly, sixty five hundred XT is like, oh uh, yeah, you made fun <laughs> of me, huh? Oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah. We had we learned a lot. Now the the I, I'm not saying the strategy was bad. It was not a bad. I mean, in hindsight, it was a bad strategy. I, <laughs> what yeah, did you say? Yeah, well, uh, I mean, there there were reasons for that we started where we started and, and how we started. Right? right. One of them was when we were finishing when we were starting to ramp all this. Right. We were in this uh, like uh, March through May area where everything was locked down in China again and we couldn't get components out and it was easier to build and source locally and you could distribute we could a much faster time to market to go to it right right, right. And, and, and it made sense especially because that part of the world has more of an appetite for that class of a GPU product um, and, it, and it made some sense then too but I think our fallacy was assuming that uh, we'll, we'll just launch this in that market and it won't filter out into the rest of the world you're absolutely right we didn't we didn't do what i would say um in hindsight we should have done which is we should have realized that launching it in china is effectively launching it worldwide and yeah. so we need to have a press strategy we need to do samples worldwide we need to do engagement and then work through all the issues because you know when you launch a new gpu there's going to be stuff that goes on in this case i would say another big thing that we didn't do since we weren't engaged with these global press like some guys in germany some guys here in the u.s they didn't know about this whole rebar thing Mm. Right. And so I've been out talking about people. We have a unique graphics memory controller that has some unusual like behaviors. It's designed for working with more modern platforms. And there's a feature in almost every BIOS that's called resizable bar. It's, it, you know, I think what did AMD call it? Like smart, Sam. smart memory, smart access. memory access yeah. and Nvidia. I think they call it just smart resizable access, yeah, bar. Right. yeah. But you got to turn it on for arc because our, our memory controller is designed to work with that active. And if you don't have that active, you're going to get significantly lower performance. And that's what happened all around the world. Uncontrolled, yeah. you know, people didn't get the message. So we had we learned a lot and and that's part of the reason that Ryan and I are are out in the world and we're just trying to say, "Hey guys, <laughs> we're not totally out of control." <laughs> I, can you speak any further to why rebar makes such a big difference? Sure. Um, so first of all, what is it? Let's just start with the basics. So rebar is a PCI Express feature, resizable bar. And what it does is it says the CPU, when it initiates a transaction, whether it's a read or a write, normally is limited to how big a transaction that can be. In some cases, it's like 256 megabytes. In some cases, it might be smaller. 
And um, for and that's true for reads and writes. So when you turn on resizable bar, you allow a single transaction to do a chunk of data. So and that's good for things that are like large, like for example textures or or maybe a shader program or geometry chunks. Now on our memory controller, it is designed to work well with large transactions, right? Parallelize the data moving out, parallelize the data read coming back, and it kind of gets a little you know chunked up when you when you do a lot of small transactions. So the truth is if if you do turn on rebar, we get these big transactions. The memory controller works as designed. Everybody's happy. You turn off rebar, we get a lot of little transactions from the CPU uh, during things like texture loads or geometry loads. And it makes those spikes that occur on frame time worse because those spikes are already happening because there's usually something like a texture load or a geometry load or something moving from the CPU to the GPU because there's a scene change or, or an effect is changing. So at the end of the day, it's a combination of the memory controller being sort of more sensitive to lots of little transactions. And that's why we need to get out there and communicate, hey, uh, turn on, turn on rebar. <laughs> you know, it's, I, I kind of wonder if a lot of people didn't even bother to check because, I mean... Most people were. I think it's Nvidia, fair. Yeah, right. Yeah. It, 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 in it other, hasn't made any difference. Yeah, it, it, it actually. I mean, it does. It's like five, five percent, ten percent, depending on the games. It's not huge, right? Yeah, it's hard to find though. Yeah, but there, it, it, I totally agree with you. We are much I'm, more sensitive. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure if you guys would know the answer to this, but is enabling PCIe rebar now the default for Intel core chip platforms? I think that's uh, option controlled by the uh, um, motherboard ODMs. So if you okay. look at it, they're usually configuring their biases um, you know, differently. Some call them different things. Yeah. Um, so I don't think Intel controls that default as far as, far as I know. Okay. Uh, but it's 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 good for us to check on. Yeah, that, we right? definitely. What's the default that. behavior? You know, yeah. uh, and and you know, as far making as sure can, consumers are as aware of. It yeah, as, as far as I can tell, there's no downside to turning it on, uh, and yeah. uh, and I think it's more like just you know how these things work. It takes forever to get uh, the understanding out there that this should just be defaulted to on. Yeah. And I, will it will it be will it work on both AMD and, and Intel platforms? I know that was one of the concerns in some of those absolutely. German reviews. Absolutely. There's the 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 concern from the Germans. Uh, the German reviews really came from positioning that we were doing at the beginning of this, trying to kind of say, let's control the platforms to a few that we can basically say this platform known good, just run this platform, turn on resizable bar. And we didn't want to like make it more complicated and, and induce more system, you know, craziness. Well, the truth is, again, that was a little naive thinking that we could control that. Um, so now we're being very clear. Yes, we work with all platforms. We work with all CPUs, all vendors. It's just like any other graphics card. Yeah, the uh, I have a couple follow-up questions uh, from from the chat. My, my first one is, yeah, so you know, people like us, we might understand how to do that. But uh, I know some people that I've helped build PCs; they don't know what rebar is. They right. don't know. They don't even know what going yep. into the BIOS is going to look like. Yeah. How, how how would you help uh, to kind of inform everybody else? So we we actually have a we have a pseudo solution for this that we're working on. Right, we have a support document and a tool that you can download that if you have. Uh, an ARC card installed in your system, it will tell you if you have resizable bar enabled or disabled right now. And then it has some generalized directions of, hey, if it's disabled, go into the BIOS, look for things that sound like this. But mm -hmm. every motherboard's a little bit different. Every menu system is a little bit different. So it's hard mm -hmm. to do it individualized. Uh, but it is something that will that we have some messaging and, and, and a tool built around. It's a hard situation. It's not, it's not, we're not delighted to be in this spot, but the, but really working with folks like you, right? Over communication, education, yes. reaching out every time I'm in front of a camera, I'm not talking about random stuff. I'm saying, if you buy this graphics card, turn on rebar. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> yeah, see if it matters. 
So uh, another question, and I tell you what, I got a lot of questions from uh, Dr. Ian Cutris of uh, Tech Tech Potato fame. Hey, I've got Ian, guys, Ian, I'm how you doing? Ian? Ian is here hey, in Twitch. Hey, crowd hey, Ian in here too somewhere. Yeah, I know. Get him in here. I have a lot of questions from him. But Kill the, two birds with one oh, stone. There's a limit to questions we take from him. He's Ian, an analyst though. now. Yeah, he is. Ian, uh, Ian the analyst. But his, uh, his, his first question that's pertinent to this um, is, uh, isn't a large transaction-focused memory controller more aimed at the enterprise workflow, i.e., are you sharing the memory controller between the Arctic Sound and PVC. Ooh, well, um, you're absolutely right, Ian, and I'm not sure the answer to that. I suspect it's shared, given the design history of those two chips, but I don't know for sure that it's shared. I would also say that it's probably not, um, it, it, in my mind, it's not intentional. Like this, this feature of rebar needing to be turned on because of the man retreat. I don't think we we really thought through it that deeply uh, at the design time. This was obviously a while ago. So I think it was learning. And uh, obviously, we would probably do things differently again if we had it to do over. That's my take on it. What do you, I, I, no, I think that's right. It, it is, uh, to be clear, Arctic Sound and Arc share the same GPU. So that will be the same. But the question about is it the same memory controller and PVC, I don't, I don't know the yeah. answer to that either. Although I imagine it would be because... PVC, probably not, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, if you look at PVC, it has a very different lineage. It kind of comes from a very different design place. And uh, I, would, I would argue that it's probably much more of a different memory technology, mm-hmm. uh, probably a different memory controller. Mm-hmm. I just kind of think like, you know, because for Intel, data center sort of butters a bread for most of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's a great memory controller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I did want to ask because I, I well, for rebar being all, it's typically off is what I've noticed. Yeah. Most of the builds I've done, they're off. Even it's yeah. off by default. I don't know how. I'm sure the vendors just don't. They just leave it off because who cares? Yeah. Because right? yeah. again, I I don't know if it really makes that much of a difference. So does I now. guess that's Intel. Yeah, it does, does now. now. So <laughs> I'm hoping we'll get that default changed. There you go. And now for the cards themselves, can we talk a little bit about the cards? Sure. Because um, so we have a seven fifty, we have a seven seventy. You can see this really beautiful one here. It's running it back there. These are basically sort of your reference designs. They are okay. uh, well, not reference designs. So these are production cards. Okay. So uh, what's maybe also different? Some of our other competitors do this. Well, they'll design a card and they'll manufacture it, or they'll have it manufactured under their control, and then they'll actually distribute it and sell it into the channel. We're doing exactly the same thing with this A750 and A770. So these cards are not reference designs. They're retail samples. Okay. And you'll see these distributed through all the major retailers worldwide at launch. And and the the so we've been we've talked about limited edition. We've seen limited edition come up when we talk about the names. Limited edition is the Intel version of these products. Okay. Right? So we have the Intel Arc A750 limited edition sitting in front of us we have the a770 limited edition and the system behind us right and those will be the two intel branded products that come out okay so does limited edition uh give a glimpse into how many of those might be available like if you're really jones and want to get your hands on intel's own uh graphics card buy it as soon as you see it okay (laughs) no (laughs) it's going to be around it's not like it's going to go away anytime soon but i do think that demand is going to exceed supply Okay, because I, I mean, I'm, I mean, it's not like you're just going to only make, you know, 
one of five hundred. No, kind of thing. no, we're gonna make no, a bunch. Not, not it's gonna, huh. it's gonna be about as limited. limited edition as a limited edition Toyota Camry is the way I, I don't know how many, see it. How many millions is that? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's like you pay more for it. It's a limited edition Camry, but yeah, we're gonna be able to get this. I gotta tell you, so the it's a, uh, and it's a good segue. Uh, can I maybe show the stack up chart? Oh yeah, yeah. Let's show this right can here. Can we uh, uh, switch, yeah. switch over? Switch over. Yeah, let's see, well, let me come here. I'm gonna show you this chart, right? So we've got um, our brands, and just to make sure everybody's clear, our our numbering is very simple. It's got the first digit is a letter like A, B, or C. In this case, the A stands for Alchemist, which is our first GPU architecture that we're doing. And then the second letter is our stack. So it's like three, if you say an ARC 3XX, that's our entry level. 5XX is mid-range, and then 7XX is our high end. So then the last two digits are going to be within those segments. So 770, 750, uh, 380 are examples of product names with the full thing. So in the 770, we have uh, a reference design or a baseline level that, that is an eight gigabyte SKU. But do you know how AICs do all that differentiation on top of what the reference SKUs are? We decided to do one of those. So our Intel card, the, the limited edition, actually is 16 gigabytes, and it's got all the RGB stuff, and it's going to be priced at ETL slightly above our reference pricing. Is there any advantage having 16 gigs of RAM? Well, certain games. I mean, okay. small, yeah. small, but I would say, think of it more like there are creator applications. There's some compute people. It's sort of like, you know, we want to we wanna give, a, give a little extra gift to the, to the initial adopters of Arc. And this is one of the levers that we have. We can make memory a little faster and make it a little bigger. We can add RGB. And we put a, a, a cool ID on it. Okay. Yeah, and you, is, and you well, like the well, RGB, third, right? Yeah. And you yeah sorry. Will third-party board makers be able to uh, get 16 gigabyte models, or is that going to be? I, you I guys expect that to be rare, right? We we would recommend most people build the eight gigabyte model for the reasons yep. you just talked about, where the 16 yep. gig is a little bit harder to justify. But it, you know, for us, we're just saying, hey, let's you know, let's have a little bit of a party here. But the, <laughs> but most of the most of the AICs I expect are going to be entering with eight gigabyte versions. Especially at that that price, I met, we we don't know the price yet, but we'll talk about that later. But All I'm right. just kind of like thinking a seven fifty. What would you be willing to pay today? I'm just, today oh, do we want to? Should prototype? we have the price? No, I, I don't know no, if I. I, I, I shouldn't even have mentioned this. I take it back. I take it back. I take it. Go ahead, I, I take it back. Like, <laughs> I'm kind of wondering because you do make a good point. Sixteen gigs for content creation is is pretty handy. Yeah. Um, I just kind of thought maybe that was sort of a cynical play because most gamers will go like, "Oh, more memory. I need. I need. We're being pretty transparent. I need twenty-four yeah. gigs in my yeah. more 30, numbers equals TI. better. More is like, better. No, yeah. I, I try to be very transparent. I don't want anybody to be surprised. I think okay. I think sixteen gig has limited benefits in gaming, but it is something that there is some class of users that are going to enjoy it for content creation. Maybe somebody wants to run some deep learning kernels; they'll definitely love it. And uh, I, I see it as it's it's basically a nice little perk that we can do at launch. Okay. Yep. Can I ask oh, about oh, the? So the, I, I want to ask about the power for these. Oh, okay. Because the A750. Uh, oh, wait, actually, uh, should we go over some other? We don't have to. No, whatever you want to do. Um, so, like for me, because the cards have um, a six plus eight, so yes. six pin plus eight pin on A750 and the A770. Yep. Does that tell us a little bit about power consumption? It does. Did we say two twenty five yet? Uh, we. Now we just did. Now you oh, okay. two twenty-five. Yeah, yeah. two twenty-five. <laughs> two hundred twenty-five watts. This just in. Yes. Is it? Does it's it compare? Benefit of doing all these live. And does it compare? <laughs> yeah, I know it's funny, right? Does it compare to to competing vendors like? Ooh, like what's like, a thirty sixty? Well, I like no. I'm just not even that. But like your is your two twenty-five uh, total board power. I don't even know what it was called. But yeah. Does that compare to other? 
because everybody sort of has like, oh, peak power and yeah. I I, I think of it as there's going to be a power number. There's going we're obviously not going to violate edge connector kind of power limits or ATX uh, power limits. Okay. And and there are obviously power transients depending on the workload. Our number is a TDP, which is sort of like a sustained power level we'll regulate to, and without violating any edge specs. It's almost like when you think about TDP, it's like how much energy is being consumed by the GPU that I have to radiate. And and that's sort of like, are you going to have a hot room? Are you going to have a cool room? And it goes back to our overclocking strategy where the, the power slider that you might see uh, is is how you can modulate that. If you want to add some power, you'd, you'd add it. And it's, this, it's all modulating TDP. Okay. And, you know, I mean, speaking of power, I feel like sometimes people, you know, we recently had Stephen Eastman on to talk about ATX through Pano Multirail. Mm. Really cool stuff. I'm, you know, I, I think it's pretty awesome because, you know, it addresses the transients that have been unregulated yes. for everybody for a long for time now. Forever. <laughs> but for some reason, people, because Intel came out with ATX 3.0, everybody's like, well, it's Intel's fault that you, we're going to be pushing 600 watt cards like tomorrow. Like, obviously, A750 is going to need 600 watts. Well, you know, I did, I did have a mistake. You know, I'm, I'm always just sort of staying shit. And uh, I did that uh, a while ago. And I did a little video thing. Do you remember this? Where, I, oh, I do remember. Yeah. Yeah. Where I, I did a sneak peek of a, a edge of a graphics card. And it was just during, I think I was talking to Hot Hardware and I showed the little edge connector and somebody snapped that video and they said Intel's launching a, you know, four or three. It was six, three eight pin three power eight pin, connectors yeah. on it. Because it wasn't the graphics card you were showing. It was like a it, power testing it, it prototype that we were that it, he was working on. It is. And it, and it just looked at the PCB of it. Yeah. So you so yeah. three eight pin pack connectors, yeah. and that was the story Articles, of the day. Right? Uh, Intel is doing a, Intel a kilowatt GPU, graphics yeah, card, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's basically a, sort of the Don't TMZ approach to everything. <laughs> exactly. Like you're going down, your door's cloony. Exactly. You look like hell. You're exactly. in your robe. Like, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it was completely Tom's fault. Oh no, it was. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame anybody. I take the afterwards. He was like, oh yeah. I even sent a note. I, I rarely apologize for things. I, I do. I just I just assume there's going to be some noise, but this time I sent out a note. But you have to point out that you know what the day that tmz does not show up to take that ugly picture of george you're clooney, done. You're, you're out george clooney is like hey i'm going down i <laughs> yes for sure uh, uh, dr ian cutris would like to follow up and say uh once again it's at the 225 peak uh what's the transient peak Ooh, transients. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't have a number for that, Ian. But you know what? When we talk one-on-one, I will have a number. <laughs> there you go. But you I have a question. Okay, go ahead, Brad. <laughs> uh, so Pro High Tech, a Russian channel, got a hold of an A380. Okay. And they overclocked it by increasing the voltage and bumping up your GPU performance slider. Yep. And got quite a sizable gain out yes, of it, actually. I saw that. Uh, so I just wonder if you could talk about that a little bit what do you expect from overclocking these cards since we're talking about well i think i may have mentioned already that i expect to see some pretty good overclocking um i i I do think when you look at the uis you will see three basic controls there's a voltage offset which is actually changing the voltage limit and uh that allows allows our graphics card to run a little bit higher up the vf curve and we unlock a few extra voltage points that is uh going to have a long-term impact on reliability of your graphics card that's why it's a separate slider the second slider you'll see is the performance slider, and that's what you would expect. It's it's tweaking the VF curve, basically up to uh, to basically get better efficiency for at every voltage. And then the last slider you'll see is a power slider, so you can add more power. So our cars right now, I, I would say, are very 
conservative in their VF curve, which means that uh, you you as a user or a purchaser have an opportunity to kind of like play with this a little bit. But, you know, it's still very early days for our software on overclocking and all of our infrastructure on, on overclocking. Uh, so I'm not going to be I'm not going to claim too much right now. But uh, there is but those results are really promising. <laughs> those are really yeah. promising yeah. Yeah. so far. Huh. 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 Yeah. So what I'm saying is uh, his review was very promising. Uh, and uh, I, I'm great. Gl- glad to see that. But, you know, I, I think it might be a little bit optimistic to set that expectation yeah. for every user. And mm-hmm. as things roll out, I would, I would say stay tuned. Wait for a little bit more realistic number, maybe. Okay. Do you. But does that mean you're because, I mean, overclocking, you're going to consume more power. Yep. Is ARC going to require an ATX 3.0 power supply. Will it take advantage of it? No, for the transit. So you're you're run on the existing infrastructure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're you're saying you're not going to be the violator of the 600 watt. Not in this generation <laughs> for sure. And I just cannot imagine that that's like the direction we want to go in the short term. Oh, okay. Right. I mean, it might be. I mean, as we start getting past Battle Mage into Celestial, maybe we do some of these just like super high end cards, and we do need some extra extra beefy power to do that. But it's not where most of our our gamers are. It's not where most of the market is. So it's not the first place we would start. Okay. Hmm. Uh, speaking of which, I had a question. Uh, most companies don't start uh, at the low end. Uh, you're starting by showing off the low end and then kind of uh, coming into the high end. Why, why that approach? Well, again, I think it goes back to Ryan's comments about uh, our learnings. And uh, we, uh, yes. we were basically bit timing based on the availability of the entry cards and, and kind of like walk, crawl, run strategy. Let's keep it small in China. And that's where uh, the ARC3 family has the most you know appropriate performance cost profile. So that's really what drove arc three first but i don't think we'd do that again i think we've uh, maybe we would i would not maybe we would but i do not expect that that would be our normal strategy okay so conventional would be high end higher end uh, and and, and to also be fair right uh i think we would do it again we would want desktop to lead over notebook if we could right because it's it's easier for us to tell a graphic story there that can waterfall down into the notebook and mobile space and when you start with the mobile, it's more complicated. All of you this just get more components and learning. platforms to deal with. Think yeah. of it as good learning, and, and you know what? We're going we're gonna to get better. But the fun thing is, that means <laughs> you guys get to come around and, and talk to all I of us. I actually love it. <laughs> yeah, How long has it been since I saw you in person? It's been three years at least. Too long. Forever. <laughs> and, and Brad, you still got the beard going. I love it. Looks good. I don't think this counts as in person. <laughs> It'll die with Brad, me. Yeah. And you yeah, look Brad like you're in a different room. Like last time I saw you, it was more like a cave-like structure. Now you, so you've got some light in the room. Yeah, I moved into my living room so I can get the... <laughs> Nice sun in my face. Nice. Uh, I, I, I will say the last time uh, we had you on, Tom, it was it was remotely, unfortunately, but uh, you were talking about the laptop parts and, and you were talking about more content creation stuff. And, and that's that's where I'm I'm, I'm perked up. Oh. But, you know, now, now that we're here talking about the desktop stuff, you know, I haven't seen a ton of talk uh, about, about content the, creation, about content creation. So I'm, I'm very curious about that. Uh, good point. Now, uh, do you want to segue to your question? I yeah, cause to me, the big question is you have AV1. <laughs> that's awesome stuff. I've actually. I think Linus sort of got some of the demo to run, it, it, and it, it's cool. But to me, the big question is like, look, AV1 is cool, but what about ProRes? Because I, I ProRes seems to be what everybody oddly cares about. It's or at what, least Apple. Well, but I mean, like at Premier, least a couple. 
Puget Bench for Premier is largely weighted for ProRes yes, support. So it's, it's I'm like, are you going to do ProRes in hardware? Okay, like so uh, first of all, thank you for the question on content creation. Thank you for the question on ProRes. They're both excellent questions, which I am not going to answer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm not just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm going to answer it. He even has a... Can we go to the slide? Yes, yes, yes. So yes. first of all, let me thank uh, Charlie Wang, uh, one of our senior... I guess he's actually a... Uh, a PE, he's like a senior PE, which is pretty high up, and he's a he's just a he's a media genius. Oh. I have great respect for him. So when I saw that you had a question about ProRes, immediately I turned to Charlie and said, "What the hell is Gordon asking about?" Right. So I I am not an expert, but I did get an education. Okay, so I'm going to try to walk you through this. You walk me through this. No, I okay? don't because I, I let me just give you the backstory because one of the reasons why M1, M2, and the Mac Pro Tower are awesome is they have hardware accelerators. For ProRes, which is a you know a very big codec that happens to be owned by Apple, Apple proprietary. Apple proprietary. right now. First of all, uh, the way I think about it is there's a camera and the camera has an output format. So that's like up here at the top. I don't know if you can see. It. Yeah. So if you think about it, every camera or many cameras are very different, and they all have these different output formats. So it could be ProRes RAW, it could be Blackmagic RAW, B RAW, could be Red's output format, and it also could be this thing called Avid DNXHR. Right. And and those output formats are usually proprietary. They're usually IP. And and that's the case with ProRes RAW, which is an Apple proprietary output format. And they do have IP restrictions on it. We would love to look at accelerating something like that. But I don't believe that Apple right now is is, is calling us up every day going, hey, mm. why don't you guys do that? Right. We're, just, we're not getting that call. Mm. So we are actually engaging with these folks at Avid for DNR, DNXHR, which is an alternative format with more open approach to this whole uh, thing and that's likely what you'll see us move forward with now in the middle after you do the sort of ingesting there's what do all the creator tools work and they all have their own data formats as well and mostly again they're in these three places there's av1 there's hevc and the prores 422 which is again the apple proprietary format we're not going to be supporting prores 422 natively because again ip issues prevent us from doing that but uh, we can work with these DNXHR codecs, and I think that's where you'll eventually see hardware acceleration from Intel. Lastly, I want to say that all of these ingestion formats can potentially be accelerated on our discrete graphics. So if we were running uh, EU programs, compute shaders, mm. to do the decompression, that might be an, a kind of a medium performance uh, solution. So we're looking at all of those, and uh, Charlie is a genius. He's going to figure this all out. And, and at the end of the day... Uh, I'm Charlie's watching. Yeah, he knows I hope, I hope Charlie's watching. He's going to yeah. figure all this stuff out, <laughs> and uh, it's going to be good. So that's my prepared response. Okay, because I mean, <laughs> the funny thing is, because I, you know, I, I, even though it is proprietary... I think it's fair if it is super popular and that's what everybody uses in industry. But well, that's yeah. the thing is Adam is saying, you know what? It's probably not in the workflow of most. I mean, ProRes RAW is one thing. And then, yeah, editing in ProRes, uh, you know, sure, there are people in the, in the industry that need to take a deliver or a ingest a file, transcode it to ProRes to say, hey, I need a, a format that's easier to edit with. But I feel like, I mean, a lot of us that I know have powerful machines. We just we don't transcode. We we don't actually put it in that that right. that different kind of ingestion. But I will right. say, more PC users that I know are more willing to go the the DNX, DNxHR route than ProRes personally. But, do you know yeah, about DNxHR? Because I didn't. Yes, know anything. you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is it true that it's like an alternative to ProRes? Yes, it is. yes, okay. yeah. So excellent. Uh, so I'm not lying. But well, it, 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 and and <laughs> I, I will say it's it's, it's not 
to check now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thank you. I, I will say it's it's not just for for in uh, easier, lighter editing workloads. It's also popular for um, uh, for backing up files too. Like, oh, hey, hey, okay. you know what? We're we've delivered the, the the final product, and now we need to kind of like store all these these large files. You want to store it in the, the largest quality? DNX HR is, is one of those go. options. Of the, well, okay. uh, yeah, okay. no, yeah, one of those options. It always depends. Hit. Yeah. And it's it's also worth noting, like the, your original question, more about general content creation stuff, because yeah, that's yeah. where we started on, on the notebook side, right? Is uh, that all exists in in the desktop product for sure, yeah. right? So you've got your AV one hardware encode uh, and decode, obviously. If you have you have HEVC, you have support for um, the deep link feature set. Now it's a little bit I wanted to more ask about that. Yeah, yep. it's it's a little bit yep. more complicated, right? Because uh, one. Obviously, you got to pair it with an Intel CPU. Obviously, you got to pair it with an Intel CPU that has uh, uh, the right graphics enabled on it, right? You have to make sure we were talking about BIOS options earlier. You got to make sure yep. the integrated graphics is actually enabled in the BIOS to do it. Um, hyper encode as a as a feature, the ability to use the encode engines on both the integrated graphics and the discrete works. It, it, just like we were, were showcasing in the mobile side, works here. Things like hyper compute are uh, more difficult to show really good scaling on because the the size of the compute engine on the a750 and the integrated graphics is very different yeah you can think back at the old heterogeneous style implementations that both amd and nvidia did back in the day trying to trying to work with like i remember nforce and gforce trying to do cooperative computing but the the performance of the compute on GeForce is just so dramatically higher that it's really hard to get anything that, that's like worth yep. doing. Yep. And it's the same situation here. Uh, we have the added benefit of most biases de-feature, like turn off the discrete, uh, the integrated graphics when they detect a discrete card. And so that's also a behavior that we would normally want to change now that we can be cooperative with that device. But I mean, so you have to go to board vendors and you got to say, hey, you need to think about maybe leaving rebar on because it doesn't hurt anything. Yes. Mm-hmm. And leave the IGP on if yeah. it has it, right? It's so. just this, these are all the things that uh, we're going to experience as a new entrant into the discrete business, but we're down. We're ready for it. It's just going to, it's going to be, you know, there's lots of things that we're going to be fixing as we go through here. Hmm. Okay. So as far as deep link features go, these first initial reviews didn't look into them very much. They were all sinking into overclocking. They were sinking into gaming. Yep. Uh, but as you said, the 16 gigabyte card is obviously intended for creators to make use of all this awesome you know, Goodness. content creation stuff that you have. So what is actually available for deep, deep link pictures? Where can people actually use it? Will it be available when these cards launch? Yeah, well, uh, DaVinci Resolve will be available, Ooh. right? And, and mm-hmm. uh, you can I've, look I've at, been using that lately. Yeah, it's pretty good, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, all, all the tools and applications and, 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 and demos that we showed that in the, the, the roadmap of application support, that will all, it will all work with this, right? It's, yep. it's a matter of what the scaling will be uh, yeah. uh, on mobile versus desktop. Yeah, and, and that's so. the okay. key thing is when you've got something that's got 512 EUs compared to something that's got 8 or 16, there, there's not going to be that much benefit yeah. from including... The efficiency, yeah. you lose a lot of that efficiency. But, yeah. but hyperencode is slightly different because there's dedicated hardware that's not that different between the two, right? Yeah. Because they're at a targeted application. So in those cases, you will see uh, more benefit from parallelizing Correct. the encode-decode process. Correct. Hmm. Yeah. So are are you reaching out to companies like like uh, DaVinci, you know, to to get into Resolve and and working with them hand in hand? To, Absolutely. Okay. We have a great ISV team uh um uh and they are out every day working with key creator application uh enablement and also gaming. So for us the software is obviously the reason people are into this uh, hardware, and, and we have, you know, we have a huge team that, whose only job in life is to say, how can our hardware help you? 
right? And then how can we help you take advantage of this hardware? And, and I would say, Brad, to your point about the, the initial, uh, as people have started looking at the desktop products, they've been looking at gaming and overclocking and not really looking at the creator and deep yeah. side. And that's kind of what we expected yeah. to be the case, which is why we're, we're more focused on gaming yes. this time around than before. Not that the features don't exist, not that they're not important uh, uh, and critical and, and awesome to have for, for different audiences, but we know that when somebody gets an A750 or an A770 in their hand, what they're going to look at first is, is games. Absolutely. Uh, Dr. Ian Crutchris with with another question. Uh, can I... Is he de- cutting the line every he's time? Going he really get, is. He's going, yeah, to get, he's going to get his own briefing, I expect. <sighs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> can, can I deep link with multiple ARC cards in a machine? What's the max number of cards arc supported cards. by deep link? 16, 32? Uh, okay, so uh, great question, Ian. Uh, the way to think about it is uh, deep link has a bunch of different technologies that are underneath that umbrella brand. Oh, there's really three that we've talked about. One is PowerShare, which is primarily in the notebook. So it's one GPU and one integrated GPU and one CPU, sorry. And they're balancing power efficiently between the two of them. That's a deep link feature. The second one is hyperencode, and that's using two encoders. So that's one integrated and one discrete. I don't know. I, I think it might work if you just put two, two discretes in there, but it's kind of like I don't I don't think we've ever really tried that because it's, you know, <laughs> we, we wouldn't recommend people buy two alchemists to plug two of them in to do hyperencode. Just use the integrated graphics. The third use case is hypercompute. And hypercompute's the one that's interesting with two discrete graphics cards. And I do expect that just to work. Although again, it's not what I would expect to be the normal use case because it's all standardized, right? It's all about getting the ISV to you know do the software. It's at the application level. Hyper compute is mostly about application level parallelism. So depending on mm-hmm. uh, how well they do, you know, multi GP support is going to your mileage is going to vary. I'm I'm interested to see you know like implemented in some of the Topaz suite of stuff. Yeah, it feels like that'd be pretty awesome i think it would be i think it would be that it, you know if you don't know check out the topaz um applications out there they're very impressive um and the results are pretty amazing they are i i love the demos and, and in the truth is it just improves the life of creators yeah no even for i'm, I'm for no creator people. but for everyday, for people. everyday people i converted you, i upsampled my wedding video did you do me. any of the image stabilization and all that kind of stuff <sighs> I tried a dump, bunch of the different because uh, you know it was actually shot on DV tape. Okay, so it's, it looks horrible. Yeah. But it's, and you took out some of the noise and took and, out noise, and it it really is impressive. And then cool. you know to run it on you know an IGP or run it on discrete. Honestly, um, I'm actually excited to try it on an Arc because most of the time I run on GeForce because they they, Listen, they definitely have a nice I improvement. I understand. So, you know, but <laughs> I understand. So it'll be cool. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. What else we got? Do you want to talk about chips, or you want to talk about uh, yeah, FCS? Do you want to talk about sync modes, or what do you think? I should we do a summary for the chip because maybe not everybody's yeah. watched Steve's or okay. Or go Linus's back to the videos. chip. Let's can we, let's share the chip details. Can we show the slide here, Adam? Yep. Because this is now. the details that uh, a real that geeks, real nerds would love. Real to see. nerds, and they're they're <laughs> able to share today. And so you need to explain this to me, like I'm a console player okay sorry Whoa. sorry oh hey now haters throwing some shade i am a hater <laughs> i love console players just to say that out loud oh. i all gamers are great i love games just don't get in our Easy kills don't, i'll take them every time just games. don't get in my grill and say oh, it's better on console that's my problem that's where it comes from it's okay if it is better on console consoles are great for things so it's good for something it's better right, on something right. it's not better for i have a switch thing. proud to say oh okay I have a switch i like it 
you know. I think we all do, except for Gordon. You don't like the Switch? I'm not a controller player. You don't like Zelda? He, he actually doesn't What's believe the Steam Deck. Uh, he thinks the Steam Deck's a console. <laughs> I play well. one game. Ryan has oh, a Steam Deck I right do. here. I, I, have have a, I, yeah, I have a Steam Deck. Uh, yeah. He, he was playing the goddamn deck. cat game on it. Yes, I yeah. was Stray. Yeah, I was. Oh, that yeah, is. Yeah, you know, a funny thing happened. I was playing Stray on that, and the person next to me leaned over. For a solid twenty minutes, just like <laughs> watching Stray, it's, it's a good game. It's a good game. Are, yeah. And the bad guys in Stray—they're the little like pig-looking pig things. They're yeah, they're they yeah. look like the head crabs from Half Life. They do. Oh, yes. is that right? Small, yeah. Okay. yeah. Wait, they aren't dogs because I like uh, they're like no, head they're crabs. Not look, dogs. I don't want to ruin. I don't know. Yeah, spoiler alert here, right. but right. uh, yeah. All right. All right, so back to this. this Let's talk about some hardware here. Uh, So what this is telling you is that we've built two chips. There's an ACM G10 and an ACM G11. The G10 is the big chip, 32 XE cores. The G11 is smaller. It's cut down. It's eight XE cores. They both support hardware ray tracing. So if you're into that, which I am, uh, it's got 32 ray tracing units on the G10 and eight on the G11. You can kind of think about the G11 as basically one-fourth of the G10. And we use the G11 in our three series, and the G10 is used in the five and the seven series. Um, both of them support PCI Express Gen 4. Again, we have twice the number of lanes on the G10 chip versus the G11 chip. So when you buy like a three series, you're going to get an eight lane PCI Express Gen 4. When you buy a, a seven and a five, you're going to get 16 lane PCIe Gen 4. I had a question about that come up last time. That's all about perf cost tuning. And the truth is, um, much beyond a buy eight Gen 4 at that class performance, doesn't really do you much, and it costs money to have those IOs and stuff. So this is a more optimal uh, solution. But I don't want anybody to be surprised. If you buy a, a like an AIC version and, and it's got the uh, the 128 on it, you're going to see some of those little fingers down below, which you normally expect to see have gold on them, may actually not be present. Nobody and, you know, because, uh, you know, oftentimes we've seen other board vendors have, you know, shorter... Um, electrical implementations it's still full pcb yeah and i imagine i gotta ask you because you you've built these things for many years even though the card doesn't have a full you know with a pcie you still do it full length because you need the boards you need the mechanical need support, support yeah right, and so. and our our partner board the first one i've seen is a ganeer board for the a380 it's it's about that long it's a very solid board if you haven't got one and you want one talk to uh talk to our oh. esteemed uh you know Mr. Shrout, maybe can hook you up. <laughs> but it's pretty, see, it's, it's a well-built uh, card, and it is, it's about that long. It's got um, great, great performance. Okay. All right, so last thing is it's got full media engines on both. So that's the uh, the media that does the AV1 hardware encoding, and it's got great display on both. So four pipes, which means it's got, it can support four simultaneous uh, displays, and it goes up to, I think, 8K at 60, and uh, what is it, 4K at 120 hertz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. per head. Hmm. So it's a, like, it's like feature amazing. And when you couple the, these XE cores, like let me tell you really quick about the XE cores. That's our that's our fundamental compute unit, and it, and it's made up of render slices. And these render slices are basically, well, render slice contains XE cores, and that's where you'll see our vector unit, our matrix unit, all of our ray tracing units, and all the fixed function things like raster geometry and high Z. So it's a very traditional look but you got to kind of dive into the xe core to really see the parallelism that we've built these things are just compute monsters and it's uh it's 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 what we're using to do xess so i don't know if you've looked at xes yet or if you've heard about xess why don't we explain it 
I was going to ask you about that. Would that be available at launch? Oh, yeah, think? baby. Yeah. <laughs> really? yes. yeah. So when we do, uh, when we do, when, when you say launch, what I'd like to clarify is that there's going to be a date that we're going to say, these are available to buy today. And we might say like buy two days from now or whatever we need to do for a, a channel. It's not going to be like there's a launch and then you wait for like four years or whatever. And then because the, the, there's what, what's the point of that? So for us, you're going to hear, hey, these are now available at Amazon, Newegg, wherever else they're going to be at, at ETL and retail. And we do expect XCSS to be available in, in launch games uh, on or about that launch date. It's also, of course, up to the uh, ISVs. It's up to the software yeah. guys to you know decide when they make their game available. But I happen to feel very confident uh, that we will, uh, due to the great work of our ISV enablement team and our dev tech team, and of course all of our partners, I'm pretty excited. I'd like to say a special thank you, if I can, to the uh, XCSS team inside of Intel who have been busting butt to get this to work. And when you see it, it's amazing. So you think, because I mean, let's let's be honest here. For people who don't know, uh, XCSS is, if we're going to speak in, in, in green speak, DLSS. Uh, well, I know that's the only way <laughs> people can only understand when you speak of it. Like, it's, yeah. you know, you got to say it's got to be like this. So it's, it's, it's your basically your compute-based super sampling, awesome stuff. How is it going to stand up against, you know, DLSS? I feel very confident. Okay. I feel very confident. And I've looked at it in detail. And so the way I, th- but it, I'm so confident that we are actually making XCSS available to run on competitor hardware. Huh? I know. Like Wait. Yeah. So you, so you, you buy a game. You, you, you can go in there. You have a GeForce or a yeah. Radeon. You yep. can go and click on XCSS if they if, if the ISV enables it. So okay. effectively, we've we've done an open approach to this where we have a multi-vendor implementation using DP4A. So DP4A is present in most GPUs, which is just sort of like a parallelized vector operation. And uh, we have a version of this that's running a smaller network. So it's not as full featured as, say, the XMX accelerated network, but it's smaller. And that means you can get good performance on hardware that doesn't have native systolic arrays. So what's the rationale for why would that? we do such a thing? Yes. I I've, mean, talked to, I've talked to many people about that. <laughs> and here's my thinking. Uh, we're new, right? And what we really want is support from a broad collection of ISVs. And the best way to get that is to say, listen, XCSS is not just about our, our install base. It's about uh, the entire gaming install base. So if you, if you adopt this technology, it can be deployed on the, invi- on the existing infrastructure, right? So, uh, and the other thing that's important is that same infrastructure includes integrated. Right, so our XCSS solution DP4A works on integrated graphics, and all of a sudden That's you're talking about not you know not our uh, I hope to be hundreds of millions of discrete GPUs. We're talking about billions of installed base of integrated graphics. Right now, your mileage obviously is going to vary because some integrated graphics is pretty low performance, but as you get more modern integrated graphics, XCSS is going to be a really nice uplift for Intel-based graphics. So that's our strategy. So, so, so in what that fallback mode, the DP4A, I find, I find that super interesting. I can't wait to mm-hmm. test it on integrated graphics. Yes. Uh, in the fallback mode, the DP4A mode, uh, does it still use all the motion vectors and stuff like that, just like the full-fledged? Well, it's a different network, so you can think about it as low, a lighter network because 
uh, obviously there's not as much compute power. So the XMX accelerated network is big and it does better at edges. It's better noise reduction as less flicker, but the, uh, but they're not, you know, it, you'll, if like, who's the guy, digital foundry guy. What's his name? Richard. Richard. Richard, Richard by the way, love you. Love your work. Good job. Oh, he's not watching us. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but he's got better things to do. Still good guy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyway, he would know right away the difference between the XMX and the uh, sort of the DP4A implementation. But uh, most people are going to say the DP4A implementation is pretty darn good. See, yeah. the problem is with Richard... He can see the difference, and it's better just to have, like, I have McDonald's taste. I can eat anywhere. <laughs> if he's like, oh, I got to have this, you know, whatever Wagyu steak that's no. 95 no, no, massage no. for six months. He's, he's going to have guy. problems. He's a great guy. I love him. No, I just I love him. <laughs> I love him. Uh, All right, so that's XCSS. All well, right. real, real quick, I do have a question from... The Ian, uh, he says, uh, "Can the we same? Is this the same? It's the same Ian. Ian. Tell him to get yeah. the back of line. Uh, yeah, uh, it's yeah. Ian Jones. It's not <laughs> Ian Cutters. He said, uh, "Can we confirm if, uh, if it's the the X and the E is pronounced uh, EX or, uh, or or I'm sorry XE X-E. or Z? XE. It's been, X-E. Okay. Okay. So X- By the way, what is what is the TI pronounced as? TI. Yeah." Yeah, it's T. I know. I've heard uh, it. Are you way. sure? Yeah. yeah. I, all right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That was my answer, too. <laughs> okay. I can't talk about it. <laughs> so to the screen? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Do you want to do uh, the the sync stuff? Yeah. Or, or do we want to show, actually, the, the you talk about DB4A and you talk about the X. Oh, you want to show, show that block? I don't know if yeah. I have that block here. Oh, I, I think, think I deleted you... it. Oh, you... No, not that one. Which one? This one? Uh, were you talking about the one about with the 16x? You yeah. about the one with the whole, yeah, big old matrix? It's all right. It's just so complicated. I felt like it would be too much, but maybe I, I, I I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, but maybe I'm sorry. For people who are missing it, uh, somebody did a H at XE HPD architecture deep dive on PCWorld.com. You can go find that slide there. Oh, oh very cool. Oh, somebody did it. Was it you? Nice. Somebody did it. Somebody. Good job, Brad. Did you use that picture? I did, oh, and I nice. used, I embedded your video from your hair last time. Oh, nice. You know, because I'm actually Perfect. very excited to use an art card for, again, you know, doing, uh, using Topaz, doing this sort of like, you know, you know, AI-based image manipulation. Mm-hmm. I think it's just the it's coolest be, thing ever. So solution. I think I'm, I'm actually very excited for that. This team has left it on the dance floor. Okay, they've been working night and day, the driver team, the hardware team, the board team, and we're just so excited to get it in the hands of real real users and start getting some real feedback. So please give it give us the feedback. I do have a question for XESS because yes. you know, for uh, let's say a company, a competing company will say, "Hey, we've got X titles. We've now got X titles. We've doubled sure. it." Is it going to turn in one of those games where you got to have this many titles and they got no, this many no, titles? No, no, no. You know, the truth is, Gordon, I think this whole space of post, which is what we're talking about, we're talking about render, do some render work, and then do an effect after it. It is just begging for standardization. It's saying, you know, we don't really need five different APIs for this. We don't really need, uh, uh, we don't need an FSR API. We don't need a DLSS API. We don't need an XCSS API. We need one API that hopefully Microsoft oh. would do, and then we could all plug in underneath. That's what I would love to see. Now, until that yes. happens, we're going to keep doing what we got to do to be competitive. But the truth is, we, Intel, would love for this to be standardized. Hmm. How's well, that? 
Well, would you have to open it up then, or <laughs> yeah, okay. you would. We would basically well, the way the way to think about it is if we do the API correctly, and I have looked at this, we can have an API that works across many different post effects, and it basically is not like just a, super, not just AI up. Yeah, not just. There's a yeah. lot of things that are similar to this that we're working on that I would love to basically do one API, and we plug in effects underneath that, right? And and so could so could Nvidia, so could AMD. It just makes so much sense. It would make the ISV's life easier, um, but. It's hard, right? Now we're talking not just two companies. We're talking about three companies or four when you add Microsoft. So agreeing on a new thing that's this important to all of us is going to take some time. Yeah. And then uh, to be honest, if you're a company and you're ahead of everybody else, you yeah. sure as hell don't want to give up your lead. Yeah. So why although, would you? I, although I, I happen to know some of those green guys and they're very good human beings and they're, yeah. they're, they're, uh, they're actually already thinking about that kind of uh you know, standardization because it's it's just so good for our ISVs. It's good for the PC platform, right? And uh, it's it's just it's just the the right thing to do. <laughs> yeah, I did notice those green guys put out that tool for ISVs to be able to easily implement various yeah. Uh, what was that solutions like Stream this? something or slip? stream something? I forget. It yeah. just I didn't research that. But you guys were on board we, right there yes, on day one, and we still. I mean, I still am, and it's just because it's just such a obvious thing that would help the industry, and um. I would love to be able to innovate quicker underneath that standard, right? Right now, every time we do a different effect, we got to go back to the ISVs and say, good news for you. We got a new API, <laughs> rip up your engine, make some changes, right? They don't like, they don't like that. So that's my rant anyway. No, it, it would be, and I think, sometimes I think the community has a hard time understanding you know, there's it's a big fight, big fight, big, and then finally everybody's like, okay, this is now it's time to settle. Look at know, DX. These, Look, right? D, yeah. you know, DX is the thing that helped us move from, and I should add OpenGL and, and all the rest of it. But those standards are hugely important to building a software ecosystem that people are willing to invest in and get better. And look at games today; it's freaking amazing, right? But all of that came from standardization, and that's where Intel is like, this is our thing. We know about this. PCI Express. USB, SATA. I mean, SATA, I mean, ATX, ATX, I mean, come on. Yeah, no, and, and it's fair, and, and, and I, I always like to point this out to the community, that Intel has basically created all these standards, and you often don't get credit for it. I know I'm sounding like I, a shill. No, 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 my, I, my I, shilling. I don't want people I, to credit us. I just, we all benefit from a common open platform, and this technology, the super sampling technology, is not any different. Hmm. No, I like that approach. I, I, it'll be interesting to see how long it takes to to fight it out. But do some blogs. Okay, do some blogs. Talk to some of your Microsoft. Push, push I can't people. get people to move away from ATX. Push some people. So. <laughs> yeah, that's what I always tell Gordon too. Hey, man, do some blogs. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. All right, what else do you want to talk about? Uh, let's let's get the. Do you, Brad, you want to go? Because I we do we definitely want to do the sampling stuff, which is tough for the audio listeners, but we will try to describe it because okay. this is an audio podcast. Oh, the sync but stuff. No, the go ahead. Stuff. Go ahead with the sync stuff. You, so we're gonna. Oh, do you, is there a slide to show yes, first? Because you have speed sync. I was calling it fast sync for some reason. I know why you were calling it fast. And then smooth sync. <laughs> yes. And if I understand it right, so speed sync, you basically you show the 
the the best frame, the most recent, frame. most recent yeah. frame of all the. Tiering. I don't judge the frames. It's oh. just they're all great. Okay, they're all great. We just show the most so recent one. So simply the latest one. So basically, when you're getting the tearing, you you get rid of that and you only see one frame, so you don't know. We'll see. Yeah, you don't sure. see all the flickers. And this is a technology that's uh, very good when you have a very high render rate. So if you have lower render rate, it's kind of well, it doesn't do anything if your render rate's below the refresh rate. So when the refresh rate, when your render rate is above the refresh rate, and it's very close, then it kind of sucks because you're you're just sort of dropping frames that, and then you're starting to hitch and stutter. So you got to really have high render rates to make this technology work well. So that's things like CS:GO, and you know maybe depending on your card, things like uh, any esports titles. Right. That's really where this technology excels because by doing this and dropping all the other frames, you get no tearing, and your latency is still very very low. And the alternate that a lot of people do today is they turn on VSync if they don't want tearing, but that a score is terrible for your latency. So this is kind of in the middle. It's not a panacea, but it does make uh, games have much better latency when your render rate is very high so this and this will simply work on any game at all it will work on any game at all on on arc discrete as well as i guess we could see that migrated maybe i mean we'd have to get a really beefy integrated gpu to make this do something <laughs> yeah, that's good true, but right, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah sure sure good huh. if, okay. if you're if you're integrated <laughs> gpu is spitting out 300 plus frames a second that's uh, that's a pretty big CPU uh, I wanna, you got there. I, I don't want to i don't want to claim that there's a future heading with higher performance integrated gpus but someday someday i can see it getting there it's so, but I mean the the appeal of it because I mean a lot of people they just simply they hate the tearing. Yeah, they're they're running a high end card. Yep, with a sixty frame VSync and like what the hell is yeah, the point of buying your high end card? It's kind of sad. And a lot of people really do that. I mean, I know a, I, that's frankly, why that's why speed sync's here. Huh. Yeah. Now the other technology, smooth sync, is is brand new. Never never like had a brain hatch this before. So it's not my idea, by the way. This is a, a, guy, a guy named uh, Gary, Gary, Gary Smith, great guy. Uh, he he came to me and said, "You know, we've got this thing we've been working on, Smooth Sync." I'm like, "Really? Let's, let's take a look at it." And it's pretty cool. Can I show you a picture? Yeah, yeah. Let's look at it. All right. So you know the problem. Basically, uh, the uh, tearing comes from the fact that there's a render happening on the GPU that is asynchronous with the refresh rate of a panel, and panels actually refresh by drawing lines from the top to the bottom one at a time. And so what's happening with a tear is you're starting to draw one frame, and then when you get about a third of the way down in this picture, a new frame gets rendered. And so now you got a choice as a graphics architect. You can say, well, I'll just wait for the next frame. I'll, I'll wait for this refresh to finish, and then I'll show the new frame. Or I'll just start showing the new frame right now, which is what happens when VSync is off. And that's why this thing's tearing. It's actually showing you two different rendered frames with motion. And so the bottom it's painful in this, on yeah, skull in this picture yeah. with the skull, the top half is uh, drawn first. And so this is a camera panning from the left to the, uh, I guess it's panning from left to right, right? Right. Yeah. So that's what tearing is. Now, what smooth sync does is it says, well, you know, instead of just tearing, why don't I blend across that boundary? Because I know where both graphics renders are so i can use a stipple pattern or some kind of dithering to make that uh boundary easier and ryan just told me that he just tried it i, I did just last week tried it for the first time I found kind of you know one of those 
the frame rates like 58 fps kind of thing where yeah. so you get a lot of uh, of scroll where you get the the scrolling tears as well all the mm. way up and down yeah. and it and it, it and it's great yeah thank you. yes gross <laughs> yeah. uh, and it and it this this ha- it has the effect of 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 blurring it and kind of minimizing the impact of what you're experiencing it's really the, cool the tearing still happens right like it's not yeah. it's not solving it but it but it blends it in a way that does so, and we've we've got like some video to walk through. Yeah, and let me, let me through show the video here. Well. It's pretty cool. So this is just a random game capture. I'm not going to name the game, but you can see on the left this giant tear line. I'm going to use my cursor. So this is the tear, and this is I'm using a program called Virtual Dub, and I did a hardware capture. We put it side by side, and so this is how you can actually look at a tear one frame at a time. So if we go forward, you can kind of see. Yeah, find, know, find an example where you can see okay, a tear on both sides. I'm see a tear on both sides. I would say is that one. No, that's, yeah, you see that one. Yeah, you, yeah, you can yeah, see it up here. Okay, up there, so yeah. in this, they're not quite totally in sync. So look at this vertical bar on the left. You can see the wall tear, and then you can see like the whole city's tearing with all these vertical pieces. On the right hand side, the tear's happening up here. So you see how the wall is coming down straight, and then there's like this weird like blend. And then it keeps coming, but it's at a different spot. That's what smooth sync is doing. And instead of being this, ver- you know, this harsh tear line, you're like your eye is going. Well, maybe it's a tear, but maybe it's not a tear. But it's definitely a tear. It's just that it's it's less of a tear. And if you look at a couple different frames, if you look at the uh, if you look at the green tower in the back, it, it's really dramatic how okay. much difference it makes. Let me see if I can get that to tear by the there. red thing. By the red, there's a there's a big tear. So you can see here again. You know, pretty dramatic on the left. It's still pretty big right here because that's like a giant tear. It's high, co- super yeah. high contrast. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. in the middle here, you'd yeah. say it's not so bad, right? It's kind of weird, and I, I think that's the idea. I think people are gonna, um, some are gonna love it, some some are gonna be like, I don't get it. But look down here at the bottom, right here is a massive tear. There's this like lady cut in half, and on the bottom, you're like, yeah, I mean, it's a tear, but. And and when you see it in real time, your brain doesn't like fire as quickly, and you, your brain's not going. That's a bullshit tear. Right. It right. just doesn't. It's just. It doesn't. It's so jarring, which is why. Yeah. Most people like. Okay, I got to turn VSync on. I yeah. can't stand this. Yeah. So this is again meant to be. Maybe there's a middle ground here. Maybe maybe some people are going to be. Um, it's going to be less painful to the degree that they're going to run with VSync off, and they're going to. Better latency, better frame rates, better action. And, and cool about this feature is that it is game independent. Game independent. It is display independent, and it all happens in our display output hardware. Yeah. Yep. Right. It's really smart. Really so smart. this would be perfect for esports. You know, again, you're pushing. You know, well, there's lots of frames of, a second. Lots or, of lots of options here. When you when you push a hundred frames a second, you're going to see, or or let's call it two hundred frames a second. You're going to like three or four frames at the same time. So everywhere you look, you see this sort of like little stipple, like tearing lines. With SmoothSync, all of that would be sort of blended together and hopefully be less jarring. So you just switch that on on the driver then. Yeah, it's it's in our control panel. Okay. Yeah. I'm super excited to test that. I can't wait to get my hands on a card to test that feature specifically because I hate VSync. I hate the way it feels. Yeah. Uh, obviously, not everyone has an adaptive sync monitor. Yep. Uh, and that, I think, would do just well enough in my brain to make a huge difference. I'm glad to hear that. Just Thank well enough for, for your brain. I like, I like yeah. that qualification yeah. of yeah. it. Yeah. Just, just good enough yeah. for my brain. Yeah. Yeah. All I need is just a little bit more, and I'll probably be okay. That's the way I always... <laughs> <laughs> it really is. I mean, sorry, audio listeners, but it really is like, just looking at the video, You, it just 
you don't feel it as much. Yeah. It's I can't explain it. I it's, guess it's, it's like talking. when I did G Sync. You can you, you know talking to people about G Sync is is sort of theoretically you get it, but until you see it, it's very hard. And same thing, so, by the way, is all, true with adaptive sync. All yeah. display technology, HDR, all display, right? Yeah, like HDR, trying to describe yeah. and yep. show HDR displays and and it's the totally variable impossible. refresh stuff. Totally impossible. Is, but you're right; it will be a personal taste thing. Because yeah, of course, yeah, I, I oddly I did a blind taste test and. There were people who preferred 60 hertz. I was kind of blown away. Remember the original oh, yeah, yeah, 120 yeah, yeah. hertz yep, yep. Um, panels? I was like, what? I, how would yeah. you? Yeah. What is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. You know, the world is. There's you should get checked out. For, yep. Yeah. <laughs> get you should out. get that looked at. So is there a performance penalty to uh, enabling that? I mean, it's got to. Something's got to happen. Uh, it is in, in, inconsequential. I think there's like one scan line of additional latency, which if you divide, you know, 60 hertz by some number, it's a tiny number. Hmm. Um, but yeah. Good detailed explanation. Yeah, I like I, it. It's a tiny. It's just, <laughs> let me just say it's a tiny it's number. A smaller number. Maybe, Ian, Ian, can you paste the actual number in the chat? <laughs> 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 so. Will that be available day one as well? Yes, sir. Oh, awesome. I, awesome. Huh, interesting. I mean, it's kind of cool because, I mean, both of these features are really just like, huh, why the hell didn't somebody think of that before? Yeah, that's the way most of my stuff is. Although, again, this is not my stuff. But, yeah. Why? Well, I mean, I, it's... Every, you got to think about it. Everything's like that at some point. Yeah, everything. Yeah. yeah. Everything starts out. Yeah. Oh, wow. Ian yeah. did paste the number in. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and what was it? What number did he come uh, up with? Small number. Po- point zero zero five four seven percent Thank you. Oh. Thank you, Ian. <laughs> I'm just surprised because you would hopefully think, that's, a, that's hopefully, hopefully that's okay for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, hopefully small. I mean, it's his it's his livelihood on the line. So. Yeah. <laughs> but why? I mean, like, why have? Well, you're right because somebody first time. I just don't understand like why the hell nobody else has done this yet. But listen, I, I don't judge. I don't judge. I love all people. Okay. Yeah. I, I I mean, and again, that's that's like a really big plus about having a third player because it's good to have more competitors in yeah. any field, right? So. There's, if you look at any of my patents, you'll see most of them are like, that shouldn't even be a patent. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, not yeah, fair. Yeah. That's obvious. Yeah, that's, that's like most of my patents. That's the color yeah, blue. You exactly. can't have a patent on that. I actually have a, I have a, I have a pretty good patent. You want to hear about it? Yes. All right. So not only am I on the G-Sync patent, which is pretty good, but you will, you will see um, my very first patent is, uh, I used to work at IBM doing CPU design, and we, uh, you know, there's this thing called the messy protocol. At, at um, that everybody uses for cache coherence even even today and you uh, I invented exclusive intervention yeah so basically the idea is when you have a line exclusive in one cache and somebody reads that same line you can transfer it to the other guy without going back to memory yeah that seems obvious right that's, uh, yeah you don't have to go get the same thing a <laughs> yeah. second time uh, yeah because you know that's just it yeah. seems pretty obvious right it, yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, that seems too obvious. To me. Yeah, see, like well, that's, <laughs> you know, like hey, I'm going on vacation. Who's yeah, going to be yeah. taking over the patent yeah, office? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I got Bill when the thing came in there. You know, IBM will patent anything. Well, I guess yeah, we'll go. We'll give it to him. That's IBM. Must Sounds be good. good. Sounds good. Seems like a good guy. Slide to unlock. There's a patent for slide Are to you unlock, right? I think so, right? Because there was yeah, it was a huge. There is, really? There's always something like really. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Go look it up. It's pretty funny. That that's funny. So, so what can we say? So, like, uh, so obviously, this is you know, again, awesome stuff. When can we expect seven series? Okay, here's what I want to say to that. I cannot answer that question. Okay, (laughs) before the end of the year. But I will. I I I I, I really. You know what I've learned is that every time we say something, people remember what we say, 
and and huh. uh, and we set expectations, <laughs> and if we don't meet them, we disappoint people. Well, right? that's why you should be an analyst or journalist, because we're wrong all the time. People are like, <laughs> what? I don't even yeah. like, yeah, I guess. No, I, I, give, I give my best estimate of when things are going to happen, because that you know it's all imperfect information. We're like, based on what we know right now, I have a very clear date of when I expect this to be on the shelf. I just can't share it with you, because I don't want to... I don't want to disappoint people if it changes. Okay. So at the end of the day, I would say both sooner than you expect and not uh, not that far away from my perspective. Okay. Just, you know, it's a classic, it, if aliens land tomorrow, like, yes, oh, well, yes. we're not going to deliver because yes. we're uh, uh, working Although I would say lines. it would be kind of stupid if Ryan and I, I mean, we do stupid things all the time. Sure. But this would be exceptionally stupid for us to go around talking to key press and technical people if we're like in the distant future, right? That would be shockingly stupid. Okay. More than I'm used yeah. to. More than I'm used to. Which has been shown to be a lot. I see a lot of stupid. Is there any expectations we can set on pricing at all? I, I did already say that I think we're going to be, for the titles that we talked about, the ones that are optimized, we're going to be around 20% absolute performance win versus comp. And in comp, I'm, I'm saying a 3060. Now, I've also said across the, the vast majority of titles, we're going to be a perf per dollar winner. Right. Okay. So you're going to get a, a very good perf per dollar story versus comp, and our numbers are MSRP. So that's what I'm saying. Hi. Hmm. Kind of a follow up question to that that touched back <laughs> on something we were talking about earlier. So you guys are pricing them around uh, or price per perf around those quote unquote tier three titles. Well, think of it as uh, the total delivered experience. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, so obviously. Those DirectX 11, DirectX 9 games, you guys are going to be working on those, getting better at those. Forever. Uh, Presumably, you know, like Next Gen Battle Mage, continue working on that as well. Could we expect if we buy an Alchemist card when it comes out now for those optimizations like that come out for Battle Mage to get backported to continue for as as Apple? Yeah, that's a great question. So, Brad, the way I think about it is we've learned so much on the architecture front by doing Alchemist. All of those like just things that we would do different are being rolled into Battle Mage and maybe Mm -hmm. earlier. You know, who knows what our real product plan is? But it's it may it may be that certainly we're making architectural changes to make software compatibility easier for legacy titles. But um, but independent of that, we're also making driver changes to catch yes. up to performance on DX11 and DX9. And that stuff is all going to happen on Alchemist before Battle Mage, right? So, yep. so don't think of it as... Yep. You don't have to wait till Battle Mage yeah. to get the improvements on Alchemist. Yes. You will see those iterations occur yeah. as our software and driver roadmap. Yeah. Without committing to anything specific, we do realize that DX11 and DX9 are very important to our customer base. We're going to be working on that urgently. Right away, immediately, right now. There's people Have busily. There are people typing <laughs> right now, <Brad. laughs> no. feverishly. So, are you guys targeting esports games and stuff like that first? Uh, it, it's a uh, more it's, popular game. So our title list actually comes from a sort of like semi-sophisticated thought process. Process, I'd say. We look at all the games that reviewers run, and we rank it by like how important are, are these titles. Then we look at the Steam surveys, and we say what are the popular evergreen titles that we want to make sure we nail. And then we just kind of keep whittling down that pile. By the time you've done those two things, you're already you know over a couple hundred titles, and so we just got to keep working through the list. And hopefully, there's not like a lot of things that are just for one game. Hopefully, yep. it's like optimizations that lift all boats. Yep. And I, I happen yep. to know a, a few of those optimizations that do, you know, really lift all boats. I mean, it feels like that's already probably eighty percent of the games I people so. play. So. I think so, yeah. So, uh, 
They used to use the term fine wine for Radeon cards back in the past, but it, it kind of feels like if you guys are going to be working on DirectX 11 and DirectX 9 so hard, these cards might actually age like fine wine. I don't know, Brad. I don't want to make any commitments, <laughs> but uh, I feel like we're going we're gonna to give gamers every reason to want to kind of become part of the ARC family. Right, and that's yep. a that's a big thing. That's a that's a lot of work we got to do. We mm-hmm. we got to do it over a long period of time, and and you know people are either going to like the sausage or they're going to be like no no bueno sausage, <laughs> right? So we're going to do whatever we have to do eventually. <laughs> so to me, that's like the hardest part of Intel getting to this as the new kid in town is we we talk to a lot of people. We give a lot of buying advice to friends and family, mm-hmm. and like to a T. And I've said this before, and I, I want to ask you to change my mind here. Is I, generally, if I like some my if my son or daughter's friend says, "Hey, what video card should I buy?" Mm-hmm. I'd have a hard time saying buy Intel because, frankly, Nvidia and AMD are very much known quantities. Mm-hmm. They're there. They're mature. Should that kid really? What can you convince me to to tell a kid? Buying Arc over buying a, a I wouldn't. I wouldn't try to convince you. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would, I would basically say we're gonna we're gonna start and we're gonna enter the market. We're gonna prove ourselves, right? And maybe you don't. You maybe you don't recommend Alchemist, right? But I do, and I, I would say that the perf per dollar that we're gonna give people should help them be motivated to hey, let's give it a try. If it doesn't work out, you know, I don't know. It sucks, but you know, it's a perf per dollar value. Um, over time, as we deliver on our commitments and we demonstrate that we play games great and we're giving you know compelling features then maybe battle mage or maybe even something in the middle or maybe whenever but when you are ready to recommend it please give me a call and i'll come out i'll come out (laughs) and then you could say tom today's the day i yeah no i mean it's you know again because you know honestly that's why i'm so glad that you were both on this tour because I mean, it was like, whew, I don't What's know. What's going down? What is going on here? And then, yeah. you know, honestly, there's a lot of really awesome features here. Again, the content creation mm-hmm. side is awesome. The, 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 you know, you're right. It could get better. You know, you're going to get performance. I hope so. Time goes on. Probably. I hope so. I hope so. And that's, and that's like, I think the content creation point is a good one to have, right? Because we talk about, we're going to, we're going to price it competitively great value across broad set of titles and Mm -hmm. games but we have other technologies we have other capabilities that are differentiated right but we're also like we're we're not going to come to the table here and go like well you owe us fifty dollars more because of feature x right we like we we've got to do a little bit extra to get into this space we've got to do a little bit extra uh to get credibility with the audience to get people to trust us and want to buy these products and and this is that's what we're doing strategy we're putting out yeah Hmm. it's a hundred percent uh we know we have to earn trust, and it's going to take a long time. Well, no, but I, and again, you know, kudos to you for having this approach because it really taking the the being humble and he, you know, it's it's the way I think to oh, to, to take you, it. Right? You know, so. I I think we said this last time. Nobody nobody normally says nice things to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so and I, that, know, that's unfortunate, that. right? You carry, you know, it's. I, I always use the analogy if if you're the the Patriots or the Warriors, you know, not the Celtics. You say sorry, Brad, but it's people want to hate you. Fantastic. People, yeah, people want to. I hate. don't want to be hated anymore. Can we all get along? <laughs> they they want to hate on you. They're, they're always going to look for a way to dump on you. But you yeah. know, Arc. Interestingly, the community has been very much pulling for Intel here. I think so. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's kind of like people want to see, like, oh, let's. There's get a little the wind at our back, maybe. Yeah, but you know this is pretty. Cool. You, you know what you could say is like we got RGB. We we got better RGB <laughs> than everybody else. I could have said that. That would be less good, right? 
You know, honestly, that's probably what sells 80% of computers. No, it is not. No yeah, way. Fans right. and cases, no maybe. That's just you. Remember, we already talked about the shoes and <laughs> your thing. I think if you were to like, if you basically had, if you could do a scientific study where you had like, hey, we're giving you way more performance out of this box with no RGB and just the worst box ever with all RGB. <laughs> And you price them the same. I the one not. with the RGB would like outsell. Man, it's a good thing you're not a product guy. It just be a disaster. Definitely, definitely I, disaster. <laughs> uh, speaking of products, so we got a lot of questions. If you oh. don't mind getting to yeah, some, yeah, let's do it. Uh, most of them from are from Ian, but uh, I, I did I did call the list a little bit. I'm sorry. I got I got to call. Thank God. Can you one. send him a note? <laughs> he, 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 you know what? These are good questions. These are good questions. His first one, uh, just recent, uh, said, uh, "Will there be a free game with every arc card sale? Like uh, maybe." Stray. Hmm. You'd sell a lot of all of them. Oh, I, I, well, I look. Uh, I'm not going to step on our ISV team's toes here yeah. and make any any kind of announcements. No promises for for any of that, right? Okay. Uh, yeah, my my uh, discussion of that game is not an endorsement from Intel <laughs> or Intel <laughs> in any capacity. Yeah. It's simply what I've been playing. What are you playing, Gordon? What's your like current? I play World of Potatoes. Which is, is that a thing? I, well, it's World of Warships, which is basically. A bunch of potatoes that are floating around, cruising around. <laughs> but the, the, the scary thing that I realized is, like, if everybody in this game is a potato, then maybe I am one too. It's Ooh. really this. Because why am I so realization coming ah. through? Huh? Yeah, yeah. Introspection uh. via video game playing. Mm. It really is like, why am I doing this? But I can't leave it. So. Mm, I see. And Brad, are you playing anything common like often? I. I play random stuff. Uh, I just picked up Stray. I haven't had a chance to jump into it yet, but I play a lot of Forza Horizon 5 these days. Oh, okay. It's the perfect summer game to me. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right. Cool. Uh, another question from uh, this one. I'm, I'm going to try to cut it up a little bit. Uh, from ooh, Se- Se- Segi Mitsu. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, yeah. Um, Thank you, Segi, for the question. <laughs> have you tried the DXVK DLL, DLL swap for DX9 or DX11 games? Ooh, so I think you're referring to things like DX on Vulcan. Yes. 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 I have not tried that. I don't know if we... I haven't. I don't don't know. Uh, Yeah, I don't It's not a bad idea, right? Uh, uh, I just have not tried it. Now, there are um, lots of big lift kind of things happening, which is take an older API and, and translate it to run it on a newer API. And some of those techniques may actually bear fruit, right? They may actually be very good. But I am not. I think in Microsoft's a, been pretty open about nine on twelve. Yeah, nine on twelve right. is a thing, and there are other things on things, and like this this nine on Vulcan idea, mm-hmm. um, and I hope someday to be able to say that some of these things are good. I can't do that today. It would take the, it would take actually resources though, engineering resources. It would, which improve. which you know what we have. That's true, <laughs> and so does Microsoft. <laughs> so does Microsoft. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and we have the will, we have the we have the way, we have the people. We just gotta you know just kind of step up. Huh. Yeah, no, I really that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Uh going back to an Ian question. Uh has Intel allowed the overclocking team, either Dan or Alan G slash Splave, put these under the liquid nitrogen yet? Mm. Well, I, I Ian, I don't know if that group has seen these products yet. I could I can say I do get a lot of feedback from a few of them. And uh Well, I know specifically the names that he's that he's okay. talking about are, okay. are, are, are our CPU overclocking. And they're up in uh, up in Jones Farm. Right. Uh, I think so. Yeah, Actually, yeah, I yeah. Think so. yeah, because I've been up there. Yeah, and I, I can say that uh, they're they're excellent at what they do. Um, but yeah, they they have not played with Arc yet. Maybe we get it up there. Mm-hmm. Maybe we get it up there. All right. 
uh, switching over to the the Discord uh, questions because we we have some over there. Uh, let me switch that. Uh, this one comes in from Boria Zero. Uh, since Alchemist is more of a prototype, when can we expect Battle Mage? Well, that is a snarky question, but thank you for that. Let's see. <laughs> so, I would say Alchemist is not a prototype, and it, it is a great sort of performance graphics card, thirty sixty ish. It's going to have great frame rates, and you're going to get a nice uh, spread of perf per dollar of, across the whole stack. So, I mean, I get the vibe. And uh, it is likely going to be things need to get fixed, as we've already described, but it's way more than a beta. But um, there are a lot of things that are going into Battle Mage, microarchitectural things, architectural things that are going to make Battle Mage better. Remember, we, we have a lot of learning to do, and the way to learn is to do the first one. Right, and and we have to learn not just in in uh, drivers and microarchitecture and chip manufacturing, but you know GPU businesses. Like we we're like, hey, uh, did anybody talk to the board vendors yet? Yeah, we need to, we we have a we have to get a whole new like distribution and a whole new learning about how do we participate. Yeah. So there's just a tremendous amount of learning going on, but it's definitely not a beta, definitely not a prototype. Oh, okay. Uh, going back over to uh, to an Ian question. Um, uh, isn't the memory bandwidth on the ACM G11 comparable to a high-end desktop PC? Wasn't it 144 gigabyte per second, a lot lower than an M1 or slash M2? Uh, I think I don't know. Deep, I, deep I, questions. It's a deep question. I, I I will have an answer when I see you. Okay. <laughs> how, how about this? Uh, Ian Asson, uh, who who is Gunnear or Gunnear? Gunnear. Who's Gunnear? Uh, is it a Chinese China only Intel vendor? Who is behind them? Do they have any history slash expertise with GPUs? Okay. So Gunnear is a uh, AIC primarily in PRC, and uh, they are affiliated with another larger company. But I don't know if I I don't. As soon as I, I said that, I was like, I don't know if we're allowed to say. Yeah, I don't think they're, gonna, yeah. they're affiliated. They, they they have they have GPU experience. Yes. Right? Right, uh, Gainier is not coming in full blind. Right, yeah, they are. They know what's going subsidiary, on. and they 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 know what's happening. Yep, and they have uh, a wealth of GPU uh, manufacturing experience and uh, design experience. So we're yep. we're just excited to be partnering with them, and uh, they're doing a great job so far. It feels like I've seen the I've seen that brand before. It's not like it's they they Gainier also had uh, a couple DG one yeah. cards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, what what sort of a uh, cadence are you guys looking for for release? Are you guys looking like some of your slides? Is, are you guys aiming for a yearly maybe cadence for new GPUs? Oh, you're talking about it, our roadmap going forward? Yes, roadmap. I, I think uh, I think it's premature to, to talk about our roadmap right now because honestly, if you look at our our architectural roadmap, we've already described sort of an alchemist, then a battle mage, then a celestial. And I don't know if they put years on that, did they? I, I don't know. Yeah. It depends on the visualization yeah. and yeah. the slide each but, time. But um, yeah. I would say. It's typical if you look at competitors that large architectural changes are not happening every year, right? There's just too much work to do, even for the existing uh, suppliers that are already in the market. So I think every year, probably not going to be doing a major architectural change. You can look at what other vendors have done in the past and say, well, you know, kind of got engineers, they got, you know, they got designers, they got chips, they got (laughs) probably going to be similar, but I don't know. That that makes sense. Some of the roadmap 
things you had in the past kind of had 2023, 2024 for Battle Mage, and then mm-hmm. 2024 plus for Celestial. And so I've seen people online saying that means they're going to put a GPU out every year. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to ask that. On well, the we may put it kind of like, uh, <laughs> again, if you look at our comp- competitors, they do put out yeah. a GPU every year. It's just not a yes. new architecture every year. Right? Yes. And so yes. I would say that that's a model that doesn't seem stupid to me. You know? Yes. Hmm. What a nice way to put it. Yeah, that doesn't seem that, <laughs> that, doesn't seem that I mean, doesn't obviously seem like stupid. an idiotic thing. And you Fish, I apologize. So, I wasn't you know. talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I have a question from, uh, oh, oh, where, do, where do my notes go? Uh, from the, the chat of Vip, Vipitus. Uh, why does the mobile A730M have more VRAM than the A750M or A750? No, no. Um, hmm. You mean why? Uh, why does it. Uh, does it? Uh, the, so the A730M, I believe, has 12 gigs huh. of memory. Huh, interesting. Yeah, and you don't have it on here. I don't have uh, it. On this one. I'm going to defer to Ryan on this. I, I mean, I, I I don't know, right? I mean, I, 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 the, 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 as you look at our mobile stack and the and the desktop stack, they're just targeting slightly different, slightly different product lines, right? I think if you look at what the competition is in that space, it probably made more sense uh, to do it there. But um, and then I think the A770M has 16 gigs. Hmm. In the mobile space, is that right? I think that's the case. I just don't know. I just I, I well, now I got to go look. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna he's going to dig it up. Let's go on the next question. We'll dig it up. All right, uh, next one from. Uh, so I have a question. Oh. What kind of actually? What kind of insights has launching mobile first given you guys for your desktop launch? A lot. Uh, it, it's all about you know how do we help people understand the performance of a mobile product in in the because they're very much determined by the platform and and what we've really learned is that on mobile the power envelope uh for some of these platforms really doesn't allow the gpu to run at its highest uh performance right yep. so i think what i've learned is that i'd rather not do that i'd rather have, have <laughs> people start and and you know experience the full capability of the gpu first but again for us it's mobile is such an interesting opportunity brad because you know we are the cpu and we are the gpu and and the chipset and there's got to be benefits that come from that integration that we haven't been able to unlock yet but i can tell you that some of the brightest minds that i know are working on this problem and uh, i'm confident that when we get to our next generation of mobile platforms you'll see hey how does this gpu really want to kind of like intersect the platform and that's really what the mobile strategy is going to be all about it's more of a platformization Mm -hmm. desktop is different where you know you've got this like gpu that's already got a lot of complexity to it you want to get it out you want people to understand it but tying that to a notebook OEM at launch is just very difficult because their platform's moving, our GPU's moving, and everybody is just, man, I wish this was simpler. It's a lot more of a timing uh, <laughs> thing. Yeah. By the way, can confirm uh, the specs of the A730M is a 12 gig GDDR6 memory and 16 gigs for the A770M. Okay. Huh. And, and you, you tell me if this is a dumb answer. I'm just going to speculate here. Yeah. This is Ryan's opinion, not okay. Intel's opinion. <laughs> Lower TDPs. <laughs> we needed to get more performance out of it so that the, the I think that memory configuration allows us to get more memory bandwidth. I I I, I think I love that answer. Oh, huh. yeah. I see. I love the, that answer because it. I was thinking I, it was just simply cynical marketing. Yeah, I have no idea what because, the truth is, but I loved his answer. Because there are honestly, <laughs> you know, it's like it's a classic. Let's just put more memory in it, and the consumer sees so more let, memory. Let me, so, I, I, apropos of nothing, Intel does a lot of research. What, what does apropos mean? Apropos of nothing. It's just, it's, 
kind of doesn't really have anything to do with what we're going to talk about, but I'm going to say it anyway, uh, is we, so we've done a lot of like research studies and consumer research studies and stuff like that. And uh, the number one specification that people who buy graphics cards look at for the general consumer, not enthusiast oh, consumer, not memory. people that listen to this podcast is memory. Right. Memory wow. capacity. Wow. Yeah. Right. That's why I kind of like. Uh, yeah. No. And, and so I get why you would have yeah, you, you can have yeah. that cynical take. Yeah. I don't think that's the case for this. In, in the notebook space, I think it's going to be it's different, right? Because those specs aren't yeah. like on the box. It's not like a. Yeah. It's uh, not a. It's not a marketing attraction for somebody to stare at right. necessarily. But it might actually be sort of a RAM density memory controller combination that <sighs> you know. As a, a as an more. engineer, I, I I find myself inhibited because I would be purely speculating. Okay, I, yeah. that's that's great, and that's I rare. That's rare for me because <laughs> I just kind of answer like, the question. Most vet, most laptop vendors are like, oh, I don't want to give you an extra twenty five. I, I want to text somebody. More, so. I want to get one of our smart architects and just ask them to answer the goddamn question. So, I, I it'd be interesting. I think they're working on it. Do you know, but it does. Bring, I I want to ask another question because you know you're talking about you got GPU now, you got CPU, you got chipset. You know, AMD's got chipset, GPU, and it. Do you see a future five, ten years down the line where the PC is where it is today, where it's just sort of this open add any GPU? I just feel like the advantage to having an all AMD system or an all Intel system is going to really it's going to put you know Team Green in a tough spot ten years from now. If I am, but then also I understand the community. You know they will they will burn your your castle to the ground if you try to move away from a 35 year old spec so i yes. kind of wonder you're back on the atx thing well yeah but, I mean, <laughs> really, this, this is a very conservative, it all comes nobody wants change but you know to me it feels like if i'm really going to get 15 to 20 percent more by combining all vendor parts then it's not why a bad deal I, why would i go with somebody else yeah but i, I, I would say i look at it the i i i, I agree with you but I would also say, show me the benefits yes. first. Yeah. Right. And and once I see the benefits, then you can argue about openness versus the benefits. Right now, it's just if we did a hey Intel 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 with no additional benefits, what was right. what is that? Right. Yeah. yeah. So once we develop technologies that are are requiring these pieces to be melded together, and there's a real benefit, then I'm all in because we can make the world a better place. But until then, we're an open and everybody is an open platform, and I don't see an, I don't see a problem with that. Yeah, no, I'm just kind of like, because I honestly, if you're going to really get more, I can see it. But then I'm just kind of afraid, like, you yeah. know what? Having a unified memory controller for all, that's looking pretty good. Deal. Why don't might we do it? Deal. But then but there's got to be some way to make that still open with, uh, you know. I, I actually think that, uh, so there's a lot of things to unpack here, Gordon. <laughs> First, I do think we need a new chassis. Okay, so ATX, it's getting old, 35 years. Uh, the airflow in the chassis is not well For ordered. you, rack mount. That's, is that <laughs> the new chassis? <laughs> I love it. I yeah, love it. Passive components, fan at the bottom, who knows, right? But at the end of the day, I agree I, that there's opportunity to improve uh, PC experiences by redoing the chassis. And Intel did ATX, right? So we would be a logical person to say, move that ball forward a little bit. I'd love to maybe, and I've, I've actually talked to some of our guys about what would that look like? And it's, it's a massive, a massive um, undertaking as you know. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm all for that. Second thing is about this whole, you know, how, how does NVIDIA compete? 
in a world where there's more and more integration happening, I think they're going to they're gonna find a way. Jensen's a genius. Right. Fish is a genius. You know, all these guys are super smart. They work super hard. And they're going to find a way to, uh, to be competitive. So it's, I, don't, I don't worry about, like, these closed environments. I think it's going to be continual competition that drives the industry forward. Hmm. Good answer. Good answer. Because it, it does, right? Because you family feud episode. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Dawson. Well, there's. I'm. So, I, I'm. I'm dating. Are you myself. Richard Dawson? Richard Dawson. <laughs> What's the new guy? There's a new guy. Steve Harvey. Okay. Steve Harvey. Yeah. 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 He's good. Yeah. Like him. Steve. <laughs> thanks for watching. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. If only he was watching. Uh, so uh, we have got a, a really good question in from a friend of the show. VC Jester gave us. What is this? Uh, uh, channel points. I don't even know what this nice. is. Right? You know, yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, does marketing have a minimum amount of flair X technology inside that they need to have on the retail packaging? That's an office. Mean? That's an yeah, office, office space, space reference yeah. for having many oh. pieces of flair to work at Chachis. I see. So this is the box. That it. That I like it's the a, box. A final retail package. This is yeah, a yeah. retail package. This I, is I, the I think box. there's like there's maybe some a sticker on the back or two. Yeah. That uh, needs to be updated I think it needs more flair. No, no, no. We're Gordon about, thinks it needs more flair. Let's let's just get the thing out. Okay, well, <laughs> no, we're not. Just, the, the, I, I like. I think the uh, the look and style of the card matches the look and style of the, of the retail packaging. That's one that we can control. The yeah. ad, you know, when our yeah. partners come on, it's like it's it's it'll be their show for all that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was a serious question or not. There is like some minimum of like Where's you've got to have an Intel Arc logo on there at some point. Do we have brand uh, guidelines for all the partners? I think we, we do. Yeah, 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 we of do. course, we do. of course. Yeah. But I just kind of think like you know, honestly, you know seeing how actual retail customers buy they see pci 4.0 they see 12 gigs of ram they have this much memory bandwidth they're does like this oh even say 16 it doesn't av1 even say encode it. i don't know what that is i'm gonna buy it because it does av1 encode right wow, this is a minimalist box this it is very it feels like it needs a little more flair i, I think when we get to the i think there might be additional stickers that go oh okay. Final, right final, i final. see okay okay but yeah i, mean, <laughs> I dig it who buys retail yeah. anyway yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true i don't know i don't i love best buy Best Buy's great. Uh, we got a, a another hard one from Doctor E and Cutris. Um, oh, yeah, forty two. Uh, is is Intel really new? Isn't the messaging that Intel sells more uh, more GPUs than anyone else, and has been selling GPUs for twenty plus years? Uh, uh, what what the marketing has been since then? I, I'm getting frustrated with the "we're new" message. I, I think so. Okay, Ian. Uh, I think you know the answer to this. I think Ian knows the answer. Ian, to this he question, knows the answer, right? and he knows that selling. Integrated graphics or talking about having an install base of graphics is very different than the process of selling discrete graphics, building and selling a discrete graphics product. And not, not just that, the driver's all different. Yeah, the technologically platform. as well as business. And the business is all yeah, different, which correct. is the biggest part of this that I, I didn't appreciate this just, you know, even a year ago, how different the business is. And, uh, and that is a major, that's a major entrant kind of issue. And not just that, like, how do we convince our community of gamers that you can trust us, right? And that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's a major new entrant. Yeah, and I would also agree, and frankly, would you really consider Intel UHD graphics graphics like it's sort of like been oh the, I've, but dang, you know I know in shade again dang, but yeah. that you know I mean it's been the butt of everybody's jokes until Iris came along but, really yeah. honestly yeah. I mean it's been know, like do you know what our performance trend for integrated decades. has been are you aware of the performance trend for integrated 
Let me tell you. Years, yes. It's, it's like this. It's, it's, it's like a rocket the ship. It's, it's, it's up into the right, Gordon. But let's talk about all the years <laughs> of like all the pieces on the ground scattered yes, everywhere. Yes, and that, uh, to me, I, I think you could firmly, Intel could firmly say it's new because it really. It is. Because, I mean, <laughs> the record of the previous 20 years in graphics was, you know. I thought it was an excellent really it was It was just a different focus. Different yes. focus. Yeah. Yes. It's not a bad it's not a bad record. It's just a different record. It was media focused. Yeah. And if you look at QuickSync and all of the decoders and all the hardware accelerators. Efficiency. Just the yeah. power efficiency. They, as did, a focus. they did amazing stuff. And I still remember the day. I forgot what it was. It's like QuickSync showed up on do you know what where was it Sandy Bridge? Where QuickSync showed up? And I was that like sounds right. holy cow, that thing is really, really fast doing these a complex encoding and, and I was like, wow, uh, NVIDIA just got their ass kicked. By by integrated graphics, right? Right, and then of course you know came then, back. Then with yeah, came own back. thing, but yeah, I mean came back. It really you're right. You, it didn't focus on graphics performance, right. but that, it didn't again, focus on gaming performance. Yeah. Display number yeah. one display, display technologies in the world, right? The if you look at the the long term trend of of UA, of integrated graphics, display was always at the top. Okay, yeah. I I guess it's like for me, I always remember the dark days of like when it felt like like you know people said PC gaming was dead and. Honestly, I blame. I honestly blame Intel. Wow, Inter- I, I blame wow. Intel integrate. Well, and it was fine because it did. It was. It did great. But if you think about eight ten, Whitney yeah. was like, "Yeah, it turns your screen on." <laughs> that's basically your bar for, yes, and was it was a- awesome <laughs> because you didn't have to buy a separate ATI, you know, that's part to awesome put on the sauce. board. Yeah. But it was just like it didn't really sort of strive for more, and you know, honestly, it probably didn't affect Europe and Asia as much because they always bought integrated graphics. Right. But the messaging I've always heard in the U.S. is like people don't buy just graphics cards; they buy they just buy the computer. Yep. And then they were stuck with, oh my god, I can't run this game because, and it was gaming. The concentration yeah. was was for I consumers. Feel like, I feel gaming. like Intel's really uh, come quite a long way in just a short period of time. When you look at uh, Gen Eleven, Gen Twelve, Tiger Lake, and then uh, well, even tenth gen, tenth gen, right? Ice Lake, yeah, Ice Lake, like a month, Ice Lake Tiger Lake, and 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 it's just been a two x two x two x. And now with DG one and DG two, and and even up our stack, I think our graphics performance. If you started, if you looked, is it eight x? I think it's more. Oh, I was talking. About just since uh, uh, just since Tiger Lake ninth gen yeah yeah, yeah. so I, I would say uh, amazingly fast uh, perf growth and what that's done is is exposed opportunities for driver improvement yeah but I I think it's new I think you can firmly claim you're new so I, I <laughs> yeah, disagree yeah, yeah definitely new. definitely yeah, new even though Ian's know. way smarter right, than me I disagree is he, Ian is in uh, England right yes yes okay right. I mean I don't know where he is today. Well, is he awake? He's a jet setter. Is this yeah. a bot? Is this a bot? Oh, that would be funny. I don't know how Twitch works. So. <laughs> uh, we do have a uh, another good question yeah, over here on uh, on Discord from friend of the show Starscream. Uh, well, actually, two two questions. One of them you kind of answered. So, uh, are there any plans for Arc to have SLI uh, forward slash t- uh, Crossfire type support? It's an excellent question. You know, my answer right now is not right now because uh, we have plenty to do on discrete gpu and we don't and, and anybody who knows about sli and crossfire knows about the the bubbles and the wrinkles and the warts on that technology i don't think i would replicate that technology like the idea of doing they use a technology called afr where they they kind of render uh one frame on one graphics card and they render the next frame on the next graphics card and then they try to bring them together onto that one graphics card and they scan it out that doesn't work very well with modern engines and modern mm-hmm. titles 
And I think it's kind of shown to be a real difficult technology to carry forward. If I were going to do multi-GPU, it would be much more fine-grained. So think of it as if we can find a technology that can distribute work across threads, across GPUs, that's the way to do it. Sort of transparent yeah. to software. But we don't have that magic ring yet. Uh, we, we don't, yes, sir. I'll say uh, DaVinci Resolves ha- has really good multi-GPU support. Yeah, and so. if we could do render that way. And, that, mm-hmm. and that's application level. Yeah, mm-hmm. and right. it's, an, it's yeah. an application level awareness. So, mm-hmm. so there's like this, this holy grail is can we make multiple GPUs transparent to the software in some way? Or can we make a layer in software that is ubiquitous so that multi-GPU just works? And it's not some kind of hacky thing. So right now we're not there, but if someday we were there, that'd be fantastic. And I think what's going to drive some of that is that there's these new architectures that are coming three, four years or five. I'm not going to talk about mine, but I've heard about other people that are developing multi-tiled GPUs. And a multi-tiled mm-hmm. GPU is exactly that. You're, you're kind of saying there are multiple different compute units that are all rendering on the same frame in parallel, but they're different chips. Now, how are, how are they going to make that work? Well, it's, it's either going to have very big caches that are close, and, the, and, and they literally have roughly the same performance, even though they're different chips, or they're going to need some kind of layer that does parallelism on top of the mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. It's very cool tech, just mm-hmm. not yeah. there today yet. Uh, even if even if you guys supported uh, SLI, I would not recommend anybody use SLI or Crossfire or whatever you want to call it these days because yeah. the experience is terrible. Yeah, in today's environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear you, Brian. A uh, couple more questions and uh, then we can get out of here. Um, one of them, I'll, I'll go back to to Doctor Ian. He's he's got two questions left and I'm cutting him off. All right, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're so, out of here. Yeah. You're out of here, Ian. Uh, yeah. Uh, will everything about Arc be in the public before Intel Innovation? What will be shown at Intel Innovation? I think the answer is yes, but I, I don't know. Yes. I think the answer is yeah. yes. Our intention, and this again, it's a different strategy than what most people use for launch. We talked about it earlier. We're, uh, meaning Ryan and I, are disclosing all the cool bits of the technology of Arc directly. So that means we're doing blogs, we're doing videos, we're reaching out to press, and it's a much more intimate discussion because we want to make sure people get a chance to ask questions, and, and, and we're not bringing everybody together for a giant press event. And, and then having some kind of launch moment later. So I think everything important about ARC, we hope to uh, go direct to our gamer customers and our partners. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, just for Intel Innovation is uh, the conference we have at the end of September in San Jose. Mm-hmm. That's like uh, 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 our, our technology-focused Intel event. It's just people don't know what innovation is. I would say by this time, yes, everything, everything is disclosed and we're on our way. We're on the way. Yeah. That's oh, our, so we did kind of get a timeline from you Hey, guys now, also. I didn't say that. Ryan <laughs> said that. Okay. You did say it first. I did. Okay. Did I? Did I? <laughs> I think uh, I said I, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Can I soften that up? <laughs> Everything that we just said? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> uh, Asterisk. Uh, another business question from a friend of the show, CauseMC. <laughs> Do we think there is honestly enough uh, chip manufacturing potential in the U.S. to warrant a $50 billion government investment? Ooh, that is a bit, that is a bit off topic, but I will give you my sense of it. Uh, uh, first of all, I, I'm not party to anything related to that particular uh, act or deal, and I'm not a politician, and I don't have any contact directly with politicians. However, I do have great confidence in, in Pat, who uh, I think has done a great job coming back and like looking at our, 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 what has traditionally been a giant strength of Intel, which is our technology and our manufacturing. And when Pat returned, he's like, what have you guys been doing? Uh, 
hello. And so, you know, right away he started in on let's make our technology the best in the world. Let's do the investments, the massive investments that are needed to move our foundries uh, forward and, and create a whole new foundry business. So I have a lot of confidence in that strategy. And, uh, you know, it's, it's great to be part of Intel while this transformation is happening. So I know that sounds a little bit like a party line, but, but it, is, it is actually true. Well, and I, I can answer it on my own opinion because I, I just think that, yeah, they're clearly, if you haven't been paying attention to current events, the, you know, chip technology happens to be a strategic goal of the United States and uh, it would be valuable to have it contained within our borders and, you know, easily not, you know, not available to the entire, you know. I'd like to be United able to buy States. a car more readily. I'd like to be able to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My car is 20 years old. No planned upgrade. I like my, I just bought a car. <laughs> I My story though is I ordered a 2022 model at the end of 2021. Yeah. And I received it when the 2023 model came out. Oh. That's how long it took. Wow. So. You don't want to tell your story. I, I don't. I know you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Offline. Offline. I think, uh, oh, I definitely want to hear that. Uncle Elias, friend of the show, has a, a question. Uh, does SteamOS work with Arc? Huh. Um, huh. Or uh, along those lines, uh, is there li- is there Linux, Linux support? support uh, oh, Linux. We are yeah, yeah. we love Linux. So uh, I don't think Linus is ever going to give us the finger. So I I would say uh, <laughs> Torval. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, yeah. Torval. Yeah, Sebastian might. Sebastian might. No, definitely he will. Fingers, he will. Fingers, There's eventually he will, and I he knows I love him. So, but at the end of the day, the Linux thing is very obvious. We're open source. We already have an open source driver. We are all in on open standards, and Linux is just part of that so you can see our driver now it is going to be interesting as we as we go forward and linux is now spreading into multiple adjacencies like steam os and and gaming on linux becomes more and more of a thing my suspicion is that we have work to do on the gaming performance as you as you get broader you know demand for linux gaming but right now it's in pretty good shape i expect we're going to continue in, to invest there hmm. how do you deal with the closed ip issues with a driver, because I mean, definitely it's really hard. Um, I don't know the technical details how we're doing it. Um, uh, I, w- I will. I don't. I don't right now. Uh, do you know? Like, <laughs> I how don't. do we hide okay. like the shader compiler? And I all don't know. Kind of mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a great question, and I un- unfortunately I don't know the answer. Okay. Because I was just thinking, even for third party, like if there's some codec that you're you're paying royalties for, you can't simply yeah. get up to the world. Sometimes so. there are chunks that are not open in these open source drivers. There's like compiled bits that just stay stay. Obfuscated, but I don't. I don't know that to be the case. Okay. In this case. Yeah, because yeah, I, I I was talking to a a third party encoder company, and it's like you know how come you know VLC can do it for free, but you got to like pay? yeah. Like Why well, the cool thing. Well, their answer was like, well, we have money to sue us, so uh, they can sue uh, us. Uh, VLC is like uh, is it know? like three guys in a in like a you know well I or think is that it's, a distributed it's community? More distributed, I think it's yeah. distributed it's and basically distributed. there's ah. no there's basically you don't sue, who are you going to sue who are you going to sue? So Can't like cut off it's like crypto, and it's just because they have you know there, there's no you know how lawyers are they want they want money to they want to squeeze the yeah. company for money and yeah. you don't squeeze. So so you're saying if we did a VLC, we would get sued? Yes. 100%. Because <laughs> I get it. Because right? uh, there's always a lawyer waiting for something. And I love lawyers. You need a good lawyer like you need a good doctor. We have great so. lawyers. But yes, I love, our, I love our lawyers. They can be annoying sometimes. You know what I'm talking about, lawyers. Yeah. All right. Uh, two last questions and we'll get out of here. Sorry. There's a really good one from uh, Viptis again. Uh, are board partners allowed to go off spec like more VRAM, more power, multiple GPUs on one card, etc.? Um, so board partners, it's not really allowed. 
Now, like board partners are enabled to do different things, and they're 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 in charge of their own destinies. I would say that we give them a reference design, which has a tremendous amount of engineering effort to do, and we also control the driver. So our driver doesn't support multiple GPUs on the same card. So I, I doubt that anybody would do that, <laughs> and we wouldn't do the work to enable that. Right? right. But but that's a different mindset, right? We don't we don't. Uh, allow our board partners to do anything. They are allowed to do whatever they want. Certain things will work and certain things won't work, and we have advice for them. Um, in the in the case of the 770, there is an 8-gig SKU. There's also a 16-gig av- availability to do that SKU, but we don't think people should build that SKU in general. We think they should do the 8-gig SKU because it's got a much better per-per-dollar uh, benefit, but AIC is going to do what AIC is going to do, yeah. and that's just the way life is, and we, we love that. That's that's called differentiation and and decentralized decision making and it works it works. It's called capitalism. <laughs> they know their customers. They know their customers. They know right? how many RGBs they need to put yeah. on their card. And, and, and I love that. How yeah. many fans? Yeah. Uh, all right. Last question from Doctor Ian Cutris. I, I guess got it. It's pertinent to him. Uh, question: How does the chip taste? And, and I'll, I'll follow up. How, how does that GPU taste? Does mm. either of you tried to lick it? No, I have not licked it. it. Uh, Let me just give it a quick sniff. That smells like bacon. Smells like bacon. Doesn't smell like bacon. It does not actually smell like. Doesn't smell like bacon. Would that be a pro or a con? Oh, that would be pretty good. Do you know the baconator? Yeah, you warm it up in the case a little bit. You start to get that smell. Yeah, you know that could be the new smell of vision, right? Because everybody loves the smell of bacon. Even vegans, they love the smell of bacon. So the driver name used to be for I'm thinking like XF. What was it? Terminator? Was it Terminator? Detonator. Detonator. Oh, yeah, right. For the right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 Yes, that was a day. while ago. Back in the day. 3D effects, right? <laughs> was theirs Detonator? I don't know. Was it ATI? Was... No, Detonator. No. God, because now... Now you're going to have to know. Somebody in the chat. Was, Detonator, Detonator was an NVIDIA. Yeah. Right? Right? yeah. Okay. But now but I don't know if they adopted it from 3D effects or not. But oh, I doubt it. Know. If you actually look back... But if you think about it, like as a product name, that's like not really good. Right, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's gonna blow up. Detonator. I mean, honestly, there was an entire board maker. People don't remember TNT. Well, I mean, that was oh, like yeah. you had TNT. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, oh, yeah. I guess that kind of goes with the TNT. Well, that thing, was the whole three D effects thing, right? No, I think that was TNT related then. Oh, so it right? is the Nvidia Detonator driver. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that was like. Oh, I mean, that's old. School. That shows you how ignorant I am because I I really didn't know. That. You know what it is? Is there's just gaps that <laughs> yeah. like. There's things that kind of fade out of memory. Did you now. see us talking with blocks. Linus like the other night? We're sitting on on his late night show, just chit chatting. It's just like a trip down memory lane. Just yeah. so yeah. much history. We could do the same thing someday. I love oh, that. Should, you know, yeah. like I got those old cases, and like I went to this dude. I would love like that. Thirty years of machines. And yeah, like, and it really is interesting because I, I really. I've said this. I don't want to get too far because I know people like go to the bathroom, but like, <laughs> I really think like people, and I'm saying this like definitely I'm in my get off my lawn phase. Yeah, but the, my my kids have no idea. They just simply think the world appeared with RGB and awesome performance and good airflow, and it like it's not just like, like that. And it was just like you go buy it for cheap using some build thing and it's ready. But no, it wasn't like no. that. It was like a fight. Wow. Every day was a fight to get here. This is just like both ways. And people. People have been trying to kill the PC yeah. for 20, 30 years. And I kind of think, like, it's not here except for key people in the industry that have fought for the PC, yeah, right? Okay. Really? Because yeah. it took all a lot of fight. And then now people just think they take it for granted. <laughs> Listen, right? I, Before we started recording, we were talking about the good old days of print magazine uh, uh, coverage as well, right? Yeah. So I, f- I feel like we are 
we've we're maybe, old. we maybe passed the off my lawn yeah. age. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're like a banana that's like not quite run. Yeah, <laughs> we're in the we're in the old folks' home, <laughs> like just complaining. Yeah. Eh, eh, it's a little brown. The person that brings you your meals, like, wait, let me tell you about the detonator drivers. Like, you know, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how long we've been talking, but I know that that one quote that I just gave—that's the one that I'm going to hear about tomorrow. That's the kind of be. world we live in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you probably have a patent on it. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, all right, Gordon. Uh, should I take us out? Let's get us out of here. Let's yeah. Go. I mean, to take us out. Check back next week for your fix of PC Talk on the Full Nerd for audio listeners. Subscribe, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. And if you're on one of the services, please do leave a review every time you do. Doctor Ian Cutrus will ask a question <laughs> somewhere in the world. <laughs> <laughs> also saying questions and comments to the full nerd at pcworld.com if they haven't turned it off by accident. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Brad Chargas. Adios, y'all. Tom Peterson. Adios, y'all. Ryan Shrout. <laughs> thanks for having us. And Adam Patrick Murray's going to hit the L switch. Hey, thanks uh, everybody live joining us on Twitch. Hopefully we'll have YouTube back soon. Uh, we will talk to you later. And, and thanks, uh, Ryan and, and Tom, for, for Absolutely. coming Absolutely. Thanks for hosting. See you again. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, we'll do, see you we'll do again, another brother. time. Yeah. Thanks, we'll do it again everybody. Too. Bye, Brad. Bye.